Thank you so much for downloading this episode of So What Do You Really Do, the podcast where I, your host, Dedder Dennis Mallard, speak with artists and entertainers about their day jobs. On the podcast today is singer from the band Mickey Rickshaw, which is a Celtic, Irish, punk band uh, here in the Boston area, Mike Rivkes. Uh, Mike is actually the only member of the band that showed up. Uh, in fairness, Mike and I met uh, probably around December when I started the podcast, January, December, somewhere around that. Uh, and he was working for Wayfair as a videographer at the time, just making like web videos and uh, uh, commercials and stuff for them. And I was like, all right, interesting. I met him and three other, four other members, uh, three members of the band. So four members were there, him and three others. One of them was his drummer. And we'll talk about it on the podcast. But basically, uh, it was a comedy open mic. They played at the location beforehand and uh, their drummer got out of control, started heckling people and needed to be kicked out. And then Mike and I were talking during the open mic and... Uh, I was like, hey, you guys got to come in on the podcast sometime. So uh, we've been trying to get this together for quite a few mo- number of months now. And at one point, I'm pretty sure he forgot who I was and that we even spoke. <laughs> uh, and we were able to make it happen today. So at least I got him on because uh, it's a very interesting uh, conversation with a musician. So we're going to put a cap uh, at end on Music Month maybe with this podcast. I don't know. I'm going to see who else I can get in. Things are so busy for me right now, you guys. Which is good. It's good busy. Uh, like, I, re- I realized yesterday when I was recording this podcast with Mike that I have not been to an open mic in 15 days. I have not been on stage in 15 days since I was back in Baltimore for my buddy's wedding when I did uh, a show at uh, Zizimo's. Uh, which, by the way, went fantastic. It was absolutely great for me. I had a great killer set opening up for a couple improv groups and a musical uh, comedy group and a live podcast that was fine. Um I I could not have been any happier with the way things went that night. It's making me uh it's the set I've been working on right now about uh my uh about my health issues. So and it went smashingly. Uh, and it's been the set's been doing well, but it's always a hard one to sell people on because you have to be so jovial when you're talking about <laughs> so I had two hundred decks and a stroke and I almost died. You don't want to bum people out with that. And you don't want to be too self deprecating, which the set is a little bit like I don't know. I think it's a great set. I'm looking forward to writing more and more stuff about almost dying. Maybe I should be so depressed about this. I'm getting great material out of this health incident. Anyway. So, yeah, I haven't been on stage since then. And I realized this the other day. And I'm, like, now kind of freaking out about it. So, tonight, I'm going to make sure that I go hit up two open mics. Because it's Labor Day weekend. And I don't have to go to work tomorrow. So, I'm going to make sure that I hit up a couple open mics tonight. At least one. I'm going to try and hit two. Work out some new jokes. Some new jokes that I've been working on for a while now. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, happy Labor Day weekend. Uh, you're probably listening to this after Labor Day because I'm going to post this up uh, Sunday night right now. It's going to get posted tonight. But nobody will know about it until later. Nobody will ever know about this podcast. No. Uh, but no, the band is really good. I'm glad I got Mike in here to talk to him. Uh, I feel bad I haven't gone and seen his band yet. Uh, I like to go see musicians i have to go see bands but i'm gonna get my chance to go see them november 1st because they're playing with the interrupters which is an amazing uh punk sky band basically disciples of tim armstrong from rancid yeah i'm kind of excited to go see them they're really good it's a female singer and a couple other guys in the band and they're uh it's basically just continuing what tim armstrong did with his solo record which i really enjoyed uh, and i really enjoyed these guys too uh mickey rickshaw from the music that i've heard i haven't seen them live yet but like i said i've been listening to their cds their music online uh if you want to check them out uh go to mickeyrickshaw.bandcamp.com or stick around to the end of the podcast we're gonna put a brand new song nonprofit warfare is gonna be tacked down at the end of the podcast so stick around for that and 
if you're gonna have to stick around through that, you're gonna have to listen to my podcast right now with lead singer, videographer of the band Mickey Rickshaw, Mike Rivkeys. I've been traveling, yeah, uh, out of, uh, in and out of town, and just moving around and stuff. So I haven't been cleaning the studio as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a mess. It drives me crazy. No, no, I understand that. Yeah, when you're on the road, you guys travel a lot, right? Yeah. So I mean, I do a lot of traveling. Um, I do a lot of like solo. Just like I just kind of like take off and um, yeah, all sorts of shit. And then uh, so I also I'm a videographer. Yeah, for Wayfair. Yeah, so I actually just quit them like two months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Why um, did, did you find a better better gig? Yeah, I mean, like the team kind of restructured, and I, I don't know. I didn't. I had a new manager that I was just kind of not wanting to, you know, work for. Okay. Um. So then, um, I don't know. I kind of like saw what freelance stuff I had going on, and then like cranked it up, and I figured like, wow, I can make the same exact amount of money with like way less hours <laughs> yeah and then and working for yourself not having an answer to somebody yeah yeah so that um yeah and then my buddy who runs a uh or he, he's like a famous viner but now he does like who's your buddy his name is elton castay okay now i haven't heard of him yeah there's like so many that whole like world of like vine is so weird very so he, weird he lives at this house of other viners what? but they're all the tra- viner commu- combine yeah, I, it is yeah they're all transitioning into youtube because vine like they can't make money off anymore yeah, uh, Vine's, Vine's going out. Yeah, so YouTube is what they're all getting into. So I flew out there to start up a YouTube channel for two of them mm-hmm. um, to kind of like do their videography and edit and teach them how to edit. Um, so, so I was out there for like a month. And where's that, where that at? Um, so, so it's not in Boston, obviously. No, no, no. So that was in California. So we took okay. an RV from San Diego up to Sonoma for like a month every day, like doing a different like bucket list activity and like vlogging. Okay. So now they're trying to hustle the vlog world. So, yeah, it's it's weird that the YouTube community is still that big right now. Like the vlogging is still a pretty popular thing. Uh, because if you think about it, it doesn't make much sense why it's popular to begin with. I, I mean, I kind of understand. It's like, um, so it's like reality television. Yeah. Except it's so reality. It's just voyeurism for like young teenagers yeah. to just like watch some like. Yeah, that's the thing about it. But yeah. we, you know, sometimes you think it's like, why does anybody want to watch that though? Yeah. Like, there's a uh, Casey. Casey Neistat. Neistat. Um, I, he's 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 charming. Right. But his videos aren't that great. Quality wise, they're not that great. Yeah. But not that interesting. And really, what it is, and I've explained to people, I figured out immediately why I watch it, why he's popular, because he gets to do shit that nobody else gets to do. Yeah. He gets to like I did some thing with um. I don't remember. There was a, basically a, a meetup of people who wanted to make films and stuff and, yeah, yeah. and, and video projects. So I met up with them uh, just to see what was going on because as a comedian, we need a good source of co- of, of people with video skills. Yeah, totally. Like for making sketches, web stuff. Um, so I went to it and I was hanging out and they played a lot of Casey, Nia, Stats, whatever his name is, videos. And people were like, oh, this is great. I'm like, no, there's no, there's no substance. There's no content. Yeah, he yeah. can tell a story, but his story is – I got to fly first class on Iceland Air and eat this awesome meal, and you didn't. Yeah. He doesn't rub it in your face, but that's basically yeah, yeah, yeah. what it's like. So yeah. I, it, it, as as a content creator, much like yourself, totally, yeah, he's good at storytelling. So he can, yeah. Okay, he takes so, the most minuscule things and makes a story. Out right. Of it. So if he was, if he was in my, like, if I was to vlog the way he was today, the whole day I'd sit there and be like, all right, so I'm gonna go do this podcast, and we're gonna go there, and then like, 
I don't know. He has a good way of, of like telling the story in a way that you watch it like without even paying attention. You're, you're like, holy shit! I just watched six minutes. Yeah, he does. He but, does. He does a good job telling stories through visuals. Yeah, and he does nice narrating. He's he's comfortable on a microphone, but his stories are all based around getting to do cool shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. That and what none of us. What's interesting is it's he, a jealousy story. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> and he's one of like the more successful vloggers, but some of the younger kids who still make money off of it like good money off of it they literally film nothing it's just them hanging out with their friends and then they just have like hundreds of thousands of followers who just love them so they just watch every video they put up yeah it's it's because they somehow are charming enough to to make them feel comfortable and and make them feel like they're friends yeah yeah, totally now now it's not i'm watching somebody i'm not watching a celebrity i'm watching it's a friend it's weird it's, it's a weird world. It's very weird. Every time I'm like, oh no, whatever. Like every as I get older, I'll totally still understand the youth. Said every generation ever. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I, I really don't get it now. Like Dude, I'm 35, I work in radio, and I was always a guy on top of what was going on musically. And now since right. I moved here to Boston, I'm still in radio, but I'm working I do traffic uh I, I do traffic reports. Yeah. So I don't work for a music station. I'm not even in a building with a music station. I have fallen. Music has fallen to the wayside right. of 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 my knowledge. I have no idea what's going on. Like I'm so out of touch with music. Weird Al released an album of songs, and I didn't know the, what what he was parodying <laughs> yeah, for half yeah. of them. And that I never wanted to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy who's 35. And like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Oh, that's a new song. Oh, I don't like it, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. At least I want to know what it is, whether I like it or not. I don't want to be the old guy that's like, come on, guys, I'm at the club, like <laughs> listening to Rihanna, Rihanna's newest song, but. I want to know what Rihanna's new song is. I just yeah. don't want to have to like it if I don't have to. If I don't I've, want to. I, my whole life, have always felt out of touch with whatever, like, pop music was. Yeah. Not on purpose. I'm not one of those, like, you know, rebellious kids who's like, I don't listen to radio. But, like, I just never listen to pop music. And I always have these sobering moments where I'm at a club, which is always a horrifying experience anyway. Um and then I look around and everyone's singing a song and I like don't know it. Yeah. And then like I have like flashbacks to like dreams I had and I'm like making sure I'm not naked or something. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking around, everyone knows it but me and they're like looking at me to like sing along and I'm like, it's yeah, it's terrible. No, I, I worked in a hip hop club for seven years. Yeah. So I've been in that environment where where it's so – you don't feel comfortable because, you know, I'm listening to the Misfits on my drive to the club to work that night and right. then we're playing, you know, Flo Rida all night long. Yeah. And if you feel so out of place, at yeah. least I'm in part of that environment. I can't imagine how awkward it feels to be somebody who's not even been anywhere near that, that stuff. Like, cause you, your band's a pretty much a fuck, a, a cult Irish punk band. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, it's so hard. Like, do we have that genre nailed down of what, what we could say that is? I don't, I don't, I don't know. We just say like Celtic folk punk. Like, okay. I have no idea. Um, easier than getting like grouped into like, the Irish thing, because then you have like, I don't know, a bunch of like, bunch of like Dropkicks fans who are like expecting us to sing about like Ireland and hockey. And <laughs> we're, you know, we're not we're not doing that at all. No, yeah, because but, uh, why would you? Oh, you guys do mention Boston in your songs. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Because I was re-listening to the newest album on my way back here, just to get re-familiar with the songs. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, you guys, you, you, you drop, you mentioned some hometown stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. But um, there's only certain cities you can get away with that. Yeah, yeah. See, like, there's a lot of like location stuff because I don't know. It, it just kind of like, I like to think of it as storytelling. I like to like set a scene sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like 
or I'll sing about specific areas or events or whatever. But it's never in a way like, this is our home, this is our sports team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like So you don't yeah. have, you, yeah, you guys don't have a Bruin song. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. You're like, so. we're not writing songs that we want the Red Sox to play at the stadium yet. Once we, yeah, no, throw that dropkick money at us and we'll do it. Yeah. We'll, I'll, I will sell out immediately. I have no qualms about selling out. I would, I would sell out my own band in a heartbeat to not have passion in the music, but make money off of it. Cause it hurts a little bit. Like when you put your heart and soul into a song and then somebody doesn't like it, that hurts so much. I would. I would much rather put zero passion into singing about the Patriots <laughs> and make a thousand dollars every time the song plays on like the Monday night football recap. Yeah. Then, then to work uh, hard about writing something that, that, that means something to you. Yeah. At that, this point, yeah. that emotional, like artistic bull that no one even cares about that. <laughs> Just leave, leave that for your, your fucking MySpace posts. <laughs> Or let's bring that up because I still I know that MySpace is still a thing, and the the big joke is when because it's become mostly for for bands because Justin well, Timberlake bought it and then sold it again. Right. Are you guys on it, or am I just no, talking? No, you're no. not. Okay. Uh, a lot of bands have gotten on MySpace, and it's they're probably the same bands that insist on releasing another newest record on cassette. But yeah, I have no idea. I don't even know what MySpace is anymore. Um, you're old enough to remember what it was. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. Totally what it was. Because um, you're I, about my age, right? I'm 35. You're what? 32? 33? 20, 27. 27? I don't know. I don't... Um, I have no idea what it is now. Because... Yeah. Because uh, nobody cares. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's... It's so passe. There's no need for it. There, that that gap in the market has been filled with so many yeah. social media outlets. Basically, Justin Timberlake bought it a number of years ago yeah. and tried to turn it into Bandcamp. Right. Basically, but he did a terrible job, and like I go to listen to my old bands on it, or like my old friends' bands or whatever, and it won't play. Like, like, like the actual like software built into the website like doesn't work that well at all. (laughs) And I have I have like really nice like computer like for video editing. I have like the fastest internet, and and MySpace player won't work. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't think it's doing well. Okay, but. well, there are a lot of bands connected on. I thought we could have yeah. talked about that. Apparently not. It's it's, yeah. Timberlake bought it, tried to turn it into the new Bandcamp, right? But it already had that stigma of being out of date and passe, right? And of course, obviously, software issues. You don't escape uh, the Tila Tequila diaspora, and that, that's right. She did get popular from that, right? And then it's like you think MySpace, and I don't know. You just think of like, I just think of 2005, like emo kids when that was a thing. Yeah, basically, that's what um, glitter, a glitter sparkling uh, messages to your friends. Totally, they 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 built such a brand. They no, they didn't even they didn't even build the brand. Like a bunch of teenagers wearing hot topic built the brand for them against their own wishes and drove it into the ground. Basically, yeah. like it wasn't even their their doing. But it's right. kind of like yeah, kind of like when a when like fans ruin a band. Oh, like Blink-182 fans? Blink-182, Dropkicks, or uh, what's another good one? Sublime, maybe? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Sublime fans definitely have ruined Sublime because I love Sublime. Great band. Great but music. their fans are terrible. <laughs> right, yeah. Their fans are the bane of society. <laughs> right. And then the worst is if you've ever seen Badfish, you can just go and you just see a dance floor bumping and grinding to like ska music. 
<laughs> like, I've heard of bad fish, but I've never seen them. There's a uh, because I don't want to see. Yeah, there are some. Yeah, you you said it right. Despite what they call themselves, a tribute band, they're a, a sublime cover band. Right, exactly right, 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 right. Tribute band just makes you uh, charge three hundred dollars more to play a place. That's basically they what made, that does. Last time I heard, they made seven thousand a show. What? That was in like two thousand seven, eight. Uh, Oy vey. Seventh grand a show. Right. To play somebody else's music. Right. Sublime probably never even made that much. No. Like, uh, <laughs> that that makes me want to firebomb oh, yeah. their building. Uh, firebomb any building that they play right. at. Right. Especially, like, I grew up with managing punk bands and running punk shows yeah. back in Baltimore where I'm from. And we're lucky if we made $7, let alone demand seven grand a show. Insane. Yeah. I mean, is that... When you, when you hear that, does that just make your blood boil? I'm not even a musician, Ooh, yeah. really, and it... Fucking boils my blood. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, yeah, it's it's incredible, but um, I mean, they're playing they're playing bars that are already packed. You yeah. know, like I actually, you know, I can't say that. I actually don't know that. Um, they do draw a huge crowd. Um, they play this bar in Newport, Rhode Island, called like the Dockside, and I know every time they play it, the place completely fills out, and you go there, and it's like the most horrifying collection of individuals of like i don't know it's like a sarcastic frat party (laughs) you don't even you don't even think it could be real that people actually like yell these things out and you're like why is no one stopping that guy he's like i don't know sarcastic frat party right yeah yeah oh that's beautiful so all right now you're on your own videography and are uh, doing videography and, and work like that are you con- like making that switch to doing the job yourself is that a little was that a little terrifying oh yeah because you're basically on your own now there's no safety net there's no comfort there's no regular paycheck you have to hustle to find those jobs every time yeah um so i have like i have like a few consistent clients that i was like all right if i if i can keep these guys going i know i'll at least have rent in utilities sure. every month um and then it's just a it's just about going out and then trying to find other clients which i haven't even done um i've only been out on my own for like three months and then i was working straight for one month um out in california shooting for the vloggers yeah tfil the youtube channel i can plug that tfil the fuck it list Oh Jesus, dude! It it, it just panders to. I'm like, sorry, it's your friends, and I'm rolling my oh, eyes at no, your oh, friends. Oh, but... don't worry, don't worry. Um, I hope they don't hear this. Uh, they won't. No, no. Um, <laughs> the, Thanks uh, for knowing that that vloggers don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's it just yeah, it panders to uh young teenagers. So the comedy is extremely unoriginal and like cheesy and forced and like. But here's the problem: they don't know that. They don't know that. That's as a comedian myself. They don't know what good comedy is, what bad comedy is. And I'm right. sure they're funny guys. And, 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 and oh, no. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. No, no you didn't say anything. Uh, I can tell by the expression. No. Uh, I'm sure they're nice guys. They probably can, you know, they're probably funny in the moment when you're hanging out with them as, as friends are probably funny. But the problem is they don't realize. And me, I'm also a comedy snob. So that's part yeah, of my yeah. reason. Uh, me, me too. So that's, that's why being in the middle of that, I'm just like, Okay, I'm just here to film and make it look good. I'm not going to critique the jokes. Yeah, and it's, it, it it kills me because then they don't realize that they're being hacky. They don't realize that. Like, I'm sure yeah. somewhere, somewhere they made a joke, a, a, a oh, soulless ginger joke, which is clearly something that South Park started. It, that's South right. Park's joke. Right, it's right, fine right. that people reference it, 
but it should be funny in the fact that you're referencing South Park, not in the fact that it's like, oh yeah, soulless gingers. It's a funny thing that that, yeah. that people say. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so fucking destroying on the inside where I go out every night. Uh, uh, I need to go out more often. But if I yeah. go out every night and I have to craft jokes and make people like me and I have to work hard to make them laugh because they don't know me. I don't have the benefit of being in their homes or, or them knowing me. Yeah. And I have to go through that grind. And then these people just automatically know and think that they're funny because they have no audience uh, that they're performing in front of. It's the bad fish of comedy. (laughs) The bad fish of comedy. The bad fish of comedy, AKA tangentially, these sarcastic frat part, frat, frat boys of YouTube. That that's Yeah. It is (laughs) astounding. That, that correlation. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, it's so it's they haven't had the struggle of going through for trying to like yeah. everybody who starts doing comedy for, for the first time yeah. automatically thinks that they're funny. So I, and they I get forgot. that hard dose of reality when they go on stage and they eat a plate of dick so for five minutes. This actually gets even worse. This is going to piss you off. So I forgot one of them. Should I take my blood pressure medication? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. One of them um, actually came from doing stand-up okay so he started off trying to do stand-up and i was like mm. i was like that's awesome he's going for it I, I he's gonna put everything into it i know him he's the type he'll put everything into it however i think he'll cap out just because he's not naturally that funny um i hope he doesn't hear this he won't hear this <laughs> anyway um and then um so he he hustles and he ended up like MCing for like Dane Cook. So I'm like, wow, that's one of the biggest comedians yeah. in the world. Also, like the worst. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's it's, true. Yeah, Dane Cook's a matter for a second. I'll defend him as a comedian, but okay. I get why some people don't like him because there's time. Like, yeah. Majority of his co- comedy is bravado. Majority of his comedy yeah. is his the way he delivers it and his, it, it, you know, he it, acts it, out the joke. It feels and like it's more fun than this. Yeah. Sometimes it is, but yeah. also at the same time, you have to look at Dane Cook at the perspective of, did he make people laugh? Isn't that his job? Yeah. So okay. Yeah, I think that's like a whole nother. Yeah, I don't think that's a whole nother can cheap, of worms. I don't think he's a he gets cheap laughs. I think he puts a lot more into the performance to get yeah. laughs than he does the actual joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just saying that because his reputation got so oh, yeah. tarnished that I've kind of even clung on to that. Yeah. Oh, we all um, have. I do it to it from time to time. Yeah. And then other times yeah. I feel like okay. I need to defend You know what? Him. I like – actually, I respect that defending him because I think he's just like a punching bag. Yo, dude, he is a punching bag right now because he got into a bad position with with Louie. But also right. the, re- the reason he is where he is is because he was too good for Boston. Yeah, he was a feature here in Boston, and none huh. of the headliners here would go would book him on shows because they're like, we can't follow you after what you do. Interesting. So he had to leave. Allegedly, that's the way the story goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That he had to leave. He left here and moved to L.A. so he could oh, continue cool. doing comedy because he wasn't big enough to be a headliner. Yeah. But he was too big to be a feature. Mm-hmm. So basically, everyone's like, dude, you're nobody wants to follow you. We can't book you. You need to go. Yeah. Because yeah. he was that good. Part of that good was in his performance yeah, as well. Totally. Um, yeah, so, no, no, I'm also, I have this, I guess I would call it like a layman's outsider perspective because I'm not in the comedy world. Yeah. Other, like, I mean, I guess a little bit, I dabble, but not, um, you know, I'm not involved in it. I don't, yeah. I don't. Um, well, we met at a comedy open mic. Right, right, right. Right. That we played. But you weren't doing comedy. You were doing we, music. No, we played there the earlier. 
So we just happened to be there when the open mic started. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me stick around for this. My drummer ended up ruining everything. But um, <laughs> I don't know if we get into that story, too. But Yeah. Well, no, he basically heckled. He was heckling the comedians, which happens at things. But it's one of the problems is, is he doesn't realize he's being a dick about it. Which is the that's oh, the man. problem. Like you guys instantly knew. Let's just just stop doing it. So he didn't stop. Yeah. So for anyone jumping in at this part of the story, <laughs> so um, we met at a comedy show, and my band had played there earlier, and then so we were still there. Yeah, the, the it was a comedy open mic at the Midway in Jamaica Plain, which is typically a punk rock metal venue. Mm-hmm. But we do a we there's uh, we do a comedy open to all open mic. It's mostly comedy on Sunday nights. Nine o'clock. So if you're ever in the New England area, you in the Jamaica Plain area, it's 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 free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's free. <laughs> the beer's cheap. Yeah. But, uh, the, so yeah, I was there to do the open mic. Your your band played earlier in the day. Yeah, you're about so, to leave, and they're like, "Oh, there's an open mic. Let's hang out for this." Totally. And comedians went up, and they were making jokes, and then your yeah, drummer so just this, kept uh, yelling at them. Yeah, this this one this one poor guy's on stage just trying to deliver his ninety seconds. Or however long he had. And um, he's in the middle of a joke. And it was, I don't know, it was a quiet room. And then my drummer just starts screaming like, I don't know, completely loud, sarcastic laughter. <laughs> like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> screaming in the guy's face to the point where the guy's like, oh, what, what, like, come on, what's going on? And then my drummer said something like, fight me or something. And he ended up yeah. going on stage completely inappropriate, uh, overstepped I- his boundaries. We had to kick him out. Yeah, which that's the best part is like you guys, like you guys immediately took assess of the situation. Like you need to go home now. We're gonna stay here. We're used to him <laughs> getting dragged out of places. Um, I can't even get into what happened. Uh, I'm, never mind. Um, he's done. He's done some things that if if it were to get out in the community, uh, we would be tarnished. Oh, nah, not really. I'll, he just I'll edit this part out. No, nah, he just. No, no, no. He just. Yeah. He used to he used to just get drunk and just I don't know act like a maniac. So that's get for drunk the reason and be a punk. We're used to him getting dragged out of places. We're not used to the ones dragging him out. But after that, um, well, th- that's the best part is that you guys kicked him, you guys kicked him out, sent him home, and then just stayed. And they came back. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruin my evening. Yeah. You're not like all right, let's go home. The night's ruined, guys. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Sent him off. Um, you bounced your own friend. Yeah, since so since then, um, he's got a three drink uh, cap. Mac, maximum. Yep. yep, for shows. And he actually apologized to us and like wants to be a better person. And he that was, was like, good. He was like, dude, honestly, like, I don't know why I'm such a fucking asshole, dude. Like, I, I don't know. I think it's funny at the time. And then I just, I don't know, feel like a dirtbag. I'm like, that's because you are a dirtbag. <laughs> you know, like you are. <laughs> don't be like oh i feel like such an asshole you are an asshole there's there may be fixing that but i have very i have I, you know i'm skeptical <laughs> but you know he's doing he's doing well he's doing well he's actually he is yeah, a girl- it's been what eight months yeah he's got it was like around christmas he's got a girlfriend for the first time uh he's cleaned up good not clean no, no. But cleaned up. He mopped. He just like threw water on the bathroom floor and like swished it around. Like he didn't he didn't clean the place spick and span, but he didn't sweep before he mopped. At least at least there was an effort there, so yeah. that's all we can expect out of him. But he's a good drummer, right? Great drummer, that's the problem. Have, how long have you known him? Um, like maybe two years. 
Okay. Yep. But did you know him before the band? No. Okay. I didn't know anyone before the band. Oh, really? You guys aren't like old old high school friends or shit like that? No, I met um the Tin Whistle slash bagpipe player. I met him at a at Charlie's Kitchen two and a half years ago on Valentine's Day. And he was wearing like a shirt. And I was like, oh, I like that band. And then we started talking about music. And he was like, oh, it started a band. I know a bunch of people. And I was like, oh, cool. And then somehow this happened. Were you already playing this Irish punk music before and this was just a transition into that or? Yeah. So just I, a new um, version of what you were already doing? Yeah. So I, I had like a few projects that were similar. Um, this specific project, Mickey Rickshaw, was a solo project that I wrote. Um, I just wrote an album while I was, I, I was living in Italy for a while. And then I wrote this album and I kind of had nothing to do with it um, other than just I had it recorded and that was it. And then when I met this dude, Shane, um, he was like, oh, I really want to play that music. And I was like, all right, let's form a band and play it. Um, and that's kind of how it snowballed into like eight people. And yeah, I don't know. It's gotten farther there's than eight I... eight guys in your band? Yeah. Because I met three of yous or four. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's night. eight. So we have like two guitars, bass, drums, uh, tin whistle, fiddle, mandolin, and I sing. Jeez. Oh, so do you, but you don't play guitar and sing? I sometimes play acoustic. Okay. Um, most of the time I get too lazy and I, so I just don't, I just don't do it. I don't, I don't, I don't blame you. I don't care whether we sound good or not or whether we're entertaining or not. I really have, I really have no, nothing going into this. <laughs> I'm glad out of the eight guys, the one person who doesn't care showed up to the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 I, no, I do take it seriously. I do put a lot into it. Um, but I, you know, I just don't always want to play guitar. I get yeah. hot. I get hot on stage. Yeah. And I don't want to get hotter by having to play guitar. Yeah, it's I, a lot of work. Being I, on stage. I, over, I get it. I overheat too easily. I'm like a an old woman or a baby or both or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you met Shane, the tin whistle player, and that's when you got. You were already writing this music when you were in Italy. What were you in Italy for? Um, I I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, still don't. But at the time, maybe I thought that would uh at least be a cool thing to do. So I just yeah. found a hostel um, that I could work in. Um, and I worked there like for 20 hours a week for like a few months. Um, yeah, it was really, it was an awesome experience, but, but why Italy? Did you have family there? Oh no. Um, you just, just, just random. Just cause it's Italy. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, oh yeah. I took a semester of Italian in college cause it fit with my schedule and I needed to fill like three credits or something to graduate. So you knew how to say, where's the bathroom? Right. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty much it. I lo- I really couldn't speak Italian when I got there. Um, ended up learning it, speaking it like almost fluently. Oh, wow. How um, long were you in Italy for then? Uh, like four months. Oh, okay. Wow. You learned fluent Italian in four months. It's immersion. That, like yeah, that happens. Totally. So, totally. Yeah. But like the problem was that I was all the way in the Southeast in this town called Brindisi. And they speak, like, a really fucked up dialect there. Yeah. So I learned to speak like them. So then I was like, all right, cool. We go, like, travel the rest of the country. And then I'd speak Italian to them. And they'd be like, you can't you can't speak to us in that southern garbage. We don't understand you. And I was like, you do not understand how hard I worked on learning this language. And you're telling me I learned the wrong dialect? You're telling me I learned the wrong Italian? Yes. It's like, basically, you went over there and you just, you spoke New Jersey ease to them. Oh, yeah. It was like, even where, it'd be like, it would be like speaking like, like, some deep south louisiana creole shit. yeah yeah so it's I mean, like, like moving here from italy learning creole and then going to new york and like well, I, I was like 
Sorry, Hellbilly, that shit don't fly here. Imagine if an Italian dude came up to him just like, wow, I bought a shrimp boat. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I bought a shrimp boat? (laughs) It's like, no, but. I, I, I don't I don't speak Creole. Like, yeah. I, well, I only speak Italian, so I don't know what's, what we're yeah. gonna do here. We for, are at an impasse. Yeah. For example, like instead of saying like like make me a cappuccino, would be like fare mi un cappuccino. In this dialect, I learned it was it was like facci mi un cappuccino. So like it isn't even too close. So, no, that is not that sounded like that sounded made up Italian. I had the last to one. I had to learn it twice. It sucked. It wasn't easy. The no, second. it wasn't. And, and it I've, wasn't easier because like, oh, I already kind of know it. And I've learned a language as a joke, and this was not funny. <laughs> I learned Greek um, as a joke. How do you learn Greek as a joke, or why at least? Well, um, what is the joke where it's like? So I have to learn. I have to be fluent in Greek. So I just thought it'd be um, hilarious to if I were in some situation that I would figure out later, where I was with a bunch of my good friends, and then I just busted it out fluently and they were i don't impressed. know impressed well no so so i um so i was like yeah i'm just gonna do that so i bought rosetta stone and i studied it every day for like 20 minutes to a half hour for like six seven months really like diligently learning didn't tell anyone's language didn't tell anybody um and then and this is while i was in college so we were all home for like i don't know thanksgiving or something and um we were at a party and a bunch of my friends were on acid. And I was like, it's a party. And I was like, this is this is a perfect time. They're all on acid. They're gonna be so confused. Um and then one of my friends, Alexis, she was there and she speaks Greek. Um Did so, you know that going into learning Greek? Uh I didn't really know her that well then. Okay. Um, but I was like, oh, that's You just randomly pick Greek. There was no rhyme or reason to it. Yep. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's a funny language funny to language. learn okay. for no reason. Because, like, no one speaks it. It's not like there's, like, a plethora of, like, Greek restaurants. Like, there's... Di- uh, in Baltimore, there is. There's, yeah, there's diners, but they're mostly Turkish people. Here, every, yeah. Every but... time I'm at a Greek diner, it's like, it's like, Metropolis Greek diner. I'm like, hey, are you guys Greek? Looking to practice. They're like, oh, no, we're Turkish. I'm like, oh, cool. A little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Baltimore, there's, in Baltimore, there's a huge Greek population. Oh, really? There's a huge Greek immigration. Oh, I got to go there. But they, 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 they only have two jobs. They own diners or they're bricklayers. Or not, uh, sorry, three jobs. It's uh, diners, bricklayers, and bridge painters. Hmm. Like there's an entire, there, there's so many companies of p- bridge painters yeah. that are just ran, owned, operated by Greek people. Like I think it was Ill- illegal immigration. Yeah. Like a um, like some kind of trade deal. Like somebody brought a bridge company, and then he would just smuggle other people in to run his bridge company. Nice. Same way that they do with like hookers from China. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except they're painting bridges and not turning tricks. Right. 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 Yeah. Less. But, so you're at the party. Everyone's oh, yeah. on acid. You break out the Greek. Yeah. So I'm at the party, and then we ended up ordering Chinese food, and then um, we got fortune cookies, and then I was really drunk at this point, and I was like, I was like, this is the perfect time. I need to just bust it out. And then, so I opened my fortune cookie and I was like, it says you will now speak Greek. And they were like, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It just says I can speak Greek. I'm like, what? Okay, next. And I was like, wait, no, wait, let me try. And I look at my friend Alexis. I'm like, uh, what the fuck? Uh, and she's like, and I, and I said, like, I speak Greek. And she was like, how did you know that? 
and then I start like going back and forth with her, and she's like, and she's like, she's like, why are you speaking Greek right now? And I was like, EPV because I speak Greek. And she's like, what do you mean you speak Greek? And I was like, and then she's like, how? And I was like, I was like, I was like, I don't know. I'm not even trying right now, and I'm speaking Greek. Um, it's like a bad made-for-TV kids movie where it's like, right? It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the it's the remake. It's the uh, the remake of Big. So instead of switching yeah. bodies and becoming an adult, he could just now... It's Freaky Friday with the Greek language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were just like kind of like freaked out. And they didn't... They were just like, what? Oh, my God, that's crazy. <laughs> what did you get? What is your fortune cookie? And that was it. <laughs> it wasn't funny. The joke wasn't... They didn't think it was funny. They didn't believe I was speaking Greek. Uh, it never paid off. <laughs> Literally never paid off. And that's almost that's almost better. That's almost more all I can ask for, because I love when things don't resolve. It was, it was, you work so diligently on that, and just like like, yeah. oh yeah, he speaks Greek now. Anyway, yeah, it was. I built a, a fucking six month sand castle, sand chateau, only to have the chateau. only to have the tide not even like knock it down like gracefully. But like the water just kind of seeped in and it like melted. Yeah. Like it, no big crash. It just. No, yeah. You can't. You. Nothing. You base. You barely even have the story that it happened. Right. It's not even a funny story. <laughs> this will get cut from the podcast. This won't even make it. Don't worry. I'm too lazy to <laughs> spend, edit. Spend, yeah. yeah. Do you, you edit any you, of this? Because I um. Ah, we'll see. I talked shit on my uh, not funny friends for a while there. <laughs> if you want me to pull that out, I will. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Elton Castell is not funny. <laughs> Just keep digging yourself a hole that I'm gonna have to fill in later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make a lot of like grotesque comments that you're not even comfortable having in here, so you have to listen through and cut them all out. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm gonna listen to all two and a half hours of this when we yeah. finish, because that's usually where my, how long my podcast lasts. We. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna leave you chained to that chair for for two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll release it in a little <laughs> bit when I can trust that you're not gonna run away. Right. 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 <laughs> All right, so yeah. Italy. You were in Italy. You moved yeah. back home. You started the band. Um, when did you start working? When did you start doing video stuff? Was that for um, when you started working at Wayfair, or was that before? No. So I um, yeah. So when I got back from Italy, I was like, oh, it's such a cultural experience. It was so cultural, and I was like, okay, so that didn't really help me with what I want to do with my life. I don't know. If anything, I have less of an idea. So I, um, I was living in Newport, Rhode Island and cause that's where my parents' house is, <clears throat> got back from Italy. I didn't have money. I was broke. So I saved up and then moved to Boston, took the first job I could get. I was 24 and that was selling car insurance. And that was, I've never been depressed until that few months selling car insurance over the phone, um, at an insurance agency. It was awful. But I was like, oh, you know, I'm out of school. Like, I should be using my degree. So I sold insurance. It was awful. I quit and said, all right, now I have even less of an idea. And then my ex Were you in any bands when you came back? Or is Mickey um, Rickshaw the first band you had when you came back? Yeah, so I actually had um, actually had a few. I had immediately when I, immediately when I got back, um, I was playing in this, like, ska punk band. Um, 
And there's then, definitely a ska revival coming around. I don't oh, know yeah. if it's just the New I England. Yeah. But oh no, I'm, dude, I'm I bleed two tone. I'm old school. Oh nice. Here. Okay. Like, you're 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 preaching to the choir here. But yeah. I'm starting to notice ska is making a big comeback oh, yeah. in the lo- in, in the independent scene. Yeah. Either so it's being infused into other bands. Yep. Like uh, the New Limits. Uh, there's also. Have you heard of the Interrupters? Yes, you're playing with them. Yep. Um, uh, coming up because I'm a huge fan of the Interrupters. Yeah, because, Bright Musical. Because Bright, I love Bright Musical. Sep- Bright Musical, November first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of the Interrupters because it's basically rancid with a female singer. It, yep. Yeah. Exactly. Who barely sounds like a female singer? Like she, her voice is rough. Yeah. But I, I think it's done up because I've. Totally. So she's she, been in other projects, and yeah, I know yeah, yeah. I've never recognized that gravelly voice in her yeah. other projects before. She's, yeah, she's badass. I, I I respect the shit out of her. She's uh, I like what she's doing. Sounds a lot like Brody from the Distillers, but I respect her. Yeah, but she can hold a note <laughs> on her like un, unlike Brody. Totally. Yeah. Brody's just throaty screaming. <laughs> right. She's got that Tim Armstrong. Yeah, she's got the Tim Armstrong the slur. Peanut butter in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so you were doing a couple bands. Right, yeah. So I played played in a few bands when I got back. And then, um, yeah, I got back, worked at an insurance agency. That was awful. Quit that. Um, quit that. And then an ex-girlfriend of mine was like, hey, you know you like make those stupid videos all the time? Um, why don't you try to become a video editor? And I was like, I didn't go to school for that. And she was like, what? So? I was like, you're right. What so, did you go to school for? Um, psychology and neuroscience. Oh, okay. Yeah, now that makes sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like worked in a lab for a bit. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, academia, it sucks. So um, I don't know what I was doing there. Um, so then, um, yeah, so I ended up getting a job uh, editing wedding films for like six months. And that was really good to learn a lot about the industry and I don't know how to use cameras because I didn't really know like professional equipment. And then you were just edit. making silly videos on your own. Yeah, yeah. And they hired you. To, they took a chance on you and hired you. Yeah. So actually, um, when I when I emailed them, said, "Hey, um, I can learn. I will learn how to do this, and I'll make a video today to show you what I can currently do." So I went and did that. I literally walked around Boston with the GoPro and like edited it together with music. Like I, it was probably the stupidest video ever. And they hired me. Um, and then through that, I worked there for six months, and then I was like. I don't know, not making any money, really. Um, I was making rent. Because you showed them how to make... Right. Because you showed them a music video on a GoPro, and they're like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was making, like, rent and then some, like, a little bit for food, maybe, if I, if I was lucky. So then I started... I, I, like, bought a camera and started to... Um, went into debt and bought a camera. And started freelance, and then actually started to make money through that. Um, so that was kind of like doing videos on my own. And then what kind of freelance projects were you specializing in? Like commercials, just music videos, what? Yeah, so kind of uh, kind of all sorts. Um, like I, I would just post like three Craigslist ads a day, like cheap, affordable video production. I just need to build like a reel, a, a reel, resume. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I did one for like a dentist office who like, they're like, oh, we opened a new office and it's really cool and modern. Check us out. And then like a gym hit me up and they were like, yeah, um, we need a video for our gym new gym really cool really modern so it's kind of like this trend of like cool modern millennial branded like facebook videos um so i just started hustling those and then um then i got a hold of wayfair and started making tv commercials for a year and then through that i just learned so much and i was like oh wait i can just run a business um a lot better than 
the last time I tried to run a business, and that's what I'm doing now. And yeah, it's going pretty well, but I haven't started hustling yet. I've just been uh, kind of winding down after working for Wayfair for a year straight and then taking on a few projects, but yeah. It's not a full-time thing right now, but it will be. But the job, you're, the the videos you're making, like the clients, mm-hmm. what kind of videos are you making mm-hmm. for these clients? That's um, what, because there's so many different forms of videography. Yeah, like, no, totally. Like in my mind, every time, because I watch like Film Riot and yeah, Andy yeah, yeah. Mogul, like those YouTube channels yep. where they teach you about the industry and stuff, because it, it fascinates me. I love behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the, the those guys all started production companies making things. It's like, all right. So what videos are there to make for people other than a commercial? Like I can't think so like promo videos yeah. and commercials are the only videos I can think of making and yep. promo videos. Pretty like much are it. you right? Are you sitting with them and writing their commercials or are you just doing like videos that walk through the environment? Um, so it, it depends. So for um, let's say for a gym that I shoot for, I'll go to, I'll, I'll go to them um, to the location with all my equipment and they'll have a rough idea of what they want to talk about. Like, I don't know if they have an idea like, Okay, so we want to do a promo video for like if they if a customer trades in their current gym tag, we give them one of ours and they get to join our gym for like no money down or something. So they'll have little um, promos like that. And I'll say like, all right, cool. So let's get you guys talking about it. And then let's get a bunch of like B-roll shots of slow motion of you guys like flicking old gym tags like it's like money at a strip club. Mm-hmm. So then like and then I'll just go home and edit and put it together like that. Um, and, but so, this is just for like Facebook. Ads. Yeah. Mostly for Facebook or YouTube ads. Hmm. Um, yeah, pretty much. Anybody come, has anybody tried to do like, get you to do regular TV commercials or is that just, is that not even in people's minds anymore? TV commercials? Yeah. Um, so yeah, one of my clients is coming to me saying like, Hey, we might need a TV commercial. Uh, what's that going to entail? And then, so that, that's a little bit different equipment. Um, I would use a different camera. I would have to rent a whole setup. Um, so it's like an entire different world where I have to, have to like hire out a few people also. Yeah. Um, cause I need like help with the production of that. So it's a lot more involved than just a yeah, camera totally. and a YouTube video. You right, know? right, right. Because TV stations have a certain quality level that yep. they'll accept in certain formats and stuff. Like dude, I, in college, I, I, I learned on a qu- uh, quarter inch pneumatic tape. Yeah. How to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I went to uh, school for television production. Oh, yeah. So basically, I was pretty much editing on Betamax tapes. Right, right, right. The same thing, only more, even more bigger. Totally. Yeah. So I don't even know what that is. Oh, you don't (laughs) even know what Beta is? (laughs) No. Uh, Well, it is before your time. Beta was basically the predecessor to VHS tape. Oh, wow. Oh, it it was just a different. uh, It was a smaller tape. Uh, the cassette deck was smaller, but it was a bigger, wider tape. Interesting. So there's quarter inch, there's there's beta, and then there's uh, VHS. Yeah. It was just a format. Like, most TV stations until digital were still using quarter inch and beta huh. uh, tapes. Yeah. I don't even know it's Just better that. quality VHS. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God. Am I showing my age? <laughs> a little I bit. Just got, I was just like, oh, I remember doing things on beta. What, I mean, what's you're, beta? You're naming video formats that I've never even heard of. And I'm a yeah. video professional. <laughs> so maybe. Oh, I've walked into places and asked for DAT tapes and just gotten confused looks. Yeah. Uh, digital audio tape was the okay. first digital formatting. Digi- uh, yeah. That's a great name. That- what are we going to call this? <laughs> um, it, It's like a, it's a digital audio tape. D- yeah. Digital audio tape. That's it? That's what you came up with for the name? 
Yeah. Or right. dat. We could just call it dat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hand me dat over there. Yeah. <laughs> hand me that's, that dat. It's, uh, it's German for that. <laughs> Was ist datin da? What, what is that thing there? Um, yeah, and that that got out. Uh, that digital uh, recorders basically took over. Yeah. That and. Good thing. Oh, digital recorders are fucking super handy yeah. and easy. It's like, dude, I just finally got a Zoom H4n. Oh, yeah. Those are I've great. used them before, and I've used an H6, and it's fucking beautiful. I love yeah. the 6n. Oh, I haven't oh. used that. Used oh, the, the H6n is, it's basically, it's like the 4, only better. Like, the 4 they designed. Knobs. Yeah. It has physical knobs for the volume. It has removable capsules. Oh, uh, yeah. So it comes built to end just like the 4 with the uh, 2 quarter inch and yeah. uh, XLR inputs. But then you can take a capsule, and instead of just having your XY mics on top, yeah. you can take those off. I see. And you can put on a bi-directional mic. Cool. You can take that off and then put in uh, four more uh xlr jacks oh wow yeah four okay that's huge uh yeah so you can do six that's why it's the six you can do six mic plugins oh man okay that's huge yeah yeah so no no no, i lied it's four inputs on it uh, immediately you put a uh, insert a capsule that puts two more jacks yeah so it has four xlr to start off with yeah that's cool yeah it's hot like people, the, if anyone listens to the podcast, they know I love gear, and I'll talk about. Oh yeah, I'll talk okay. about my equipment endlessly on yeah, gear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've had the I've had the H4N for like, I don't know, two years, and I haven't needed to upgrade. Um, yeah. Well, they designed basically Zoom designed the H4N to do um, for music, because yeah. that's primarily what their focus was music. And then when it came hmm. out, everyone started using it for video production, for podcasts, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So they saw what people were using it for. And built the H6N I see. to supplement that need. Like the H6N yeah, yeah, yeah. is less designed for music and more designed for everybody else in the world. Yeah. In the production world. But oh, that's cool. I love it. I can't wait to start using mine. Uh, yeah. just, literally, it just came in the mail a couple days ago. Oh, nice. And I've just been uh, I'm fiddling. I'm like, okay, I don't have anything to record with it. Yeah, yeah. I just keep plugging headphones in and just hitting record so I can prime record and just listen and just move around the room. Yeah. To the microphone to just pick the- up different sounds in the room. Yeah, it picks that up well. It's good. Let me face this way and knock on it and see how well it picks so, it up. Oh, cool. Yeah, a little more reverb from that. So, yeah, that's nice. No, I do that too. I, I just bought the new Rode Video Mic Pro. Um, oh, the shotgun one? Yeah, and they just came up with a new one where like the shock mount for it, it, it looks like this. And, <laughs> it looks um, like a pair of claws. Just, just for anyone uh, listening. Um, it, uh, for anyone listening to the podcast, it, 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 it looks, looks like, exactly like this. It looks like this. And it sits in right here. In the middle. It looks like two claws, and it looks like and it sits in the middle. Um, two eagle talons, and it just sits in there, and then it's and it's not like these removable little rubber bands that used to just flop out. But either way, I don't know. So I put, I got that, and I just walked around with headphones in my like camera, and I just like, walked around like, oh, cool. <laughs> listening. Just listening to how things in the room sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah listening. Just That's listening. basically what we do as, as, as like, geek geeks about tech is just yeah, we get totally. something new and we play with it until we have a, a real viable use for it or we'll find a viable right. use for yeah, it yeah yeah like i actually for this because i thought the uh, i was hoping the band would come yep yeah they uh, i was gonna set it up the, the zoom in here just as a backup mm-hmm. in case something happens yeah uh, and i just didn't have time real disappointment without the band uh which is reflective of the band because they <laughs> are a disappointment to me um I put a lot into this. So you're best friends is what you're saying. We're best friends. I'm best friends with seven anchors just holding me down. <laughs> just wait, just sinking you to the bottom. I can see the surface and I just can't. 
gasp for air. <laughs> they're a brick and they're drowning you slowly. Yeah. Off the coast and I... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Does the song about abortion not apply to your seven Oh, no, no, it does. It does. We've all been there. You know, we've all been aborted once or... We've all been sitting at, at our girlfriend's house on Christmas, getting ready to drive to the abortion clinic and not tell her parents. Yeah, just 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 with your hands in your head, just going, where did we go wrong? <laughs> oh, I have to take these sweaters back. <laughs> Sold some gifts that I got. It's like, Ben, you're literally just going, you're, you're pawning gifts to pay for an abortion. Yeah. How much does an abortion cost? Uh, Free in Canada. That's I don't know, but Plan B is. Uh, 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 I don't know. Plan A is is having a kid for life. Plan B is right. Fifty bucks. Right, 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 right. Plan A. Plan yeah. B is a, a kid costs what a million dollars a year or whatever it is. Plan B is fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just ruined like a, a fucking road joke or street joke, but no, that's all right. Plan A B. That's just abortion. Yes. Um. Interesting. Yeah, plan if plan A. Uh, all right, <laughs> guess guess what's definitely getting edited out of the podcast. Just drive My it bad in. joke. No, it's all right. Who's calling me? Oh, Who? is it is it the band? Wyndham, Connecticut. No, you don't know anybody in Connecticut. No, I mean I do, but I don't know who that could be. I definitely don't want to talk to them. Oh, thanks for at least having it on vibrate and not volume. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, Boston comedian just called me also. Oh, which comedian? Uh, Dicky Stock. No idea who that is. He um, he doesn't actively do shows that often. However, he runs a Facebook. I run a website that lists all the shows in town. I've oh, really? never heard his name. So I, I don't think... think he's doing any shows in town unless they're open mics. He His platform is social media. Okay. Have you heard of Kimberly Struble? Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kimberly, I know who he is. He's yeah, Kimberly yeah. Struble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, was just talking to somebody else. He, somebody I just saw somebody today wearing his uh, Nabis- uh, uh, Nabisco yeah. from Mayor shirt. I think he's got I one. forgot his name, but yeah, I know who he is. I he think... was here He was here at my house over the weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, we had an yeah. after party for a comedian's uh, uh, album recording, and he showed yeah. up, hung out for a little bit, and left. I think he's like... I one... know who of who he is. Yeah. We didn't, like, we didn't even say two sentences to each other. I think he's one of the funniest people like I've ever met. Okay. Just talking to the kid. He's just one of those people who just naturally, just like his like deliverance of just sentences. He's, the kid's hilarious. Yeah, he's done a couple open mics. Uh, yeah. I don't know anybody who's booked him on he's, our show yet. I know the, the, the Kimberly yeah. and the Nabisco bit that he does on, on Facebook. Yep, uh, and the whole uh, Mr. Spaghetti Dog thing does a lot bit. of lot of stunts. So right now, yeah. um, one of his characters, uh, Larry Nabisco, is running for mayor, um, but he's actually running against Marty Walsh, like in real life, um, to the point where he was in like the Metro. There's a picture of him like pointing at the camera and says, "Your move, Marty," and it's the front page of the Metro. Was it Dickie's picture? Or? Yeah, Dickie's okay. picture. Because I know Larry Nabisco's character is the black man. Yeah, and it's a few different ones. So if you go <laughs> through the, the same. go through the pictures, there's a bunch of different guys. Just a different bunch, bunch of different black different, guys. Yeah, different guys just, you know, look similar, I guess. They have like, yeah, I don't know. No, because, you know, they all... Um, yeah. <laughs> hello. Um, but... They just have the same amount of melanin. Their skin. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw the shirt. I saw some in a shirt today, so it's twice, twice in one day. I've heard about it. I was gonna see about if you want. I was gonna see if you wanted to stop by and pretend to be part of the band. <laughs> <laughs> Just have him come in and be a band member. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then no, he'll go. It's like I feel like I've been here before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, but uh, but yeah, 
Yeah, actually, he knows my roommate, Eric, too. Oh, really? Yeah, because my uh, while he was here, Eric walked in, came home from home, and they were like, oh, because I guess he's, is he in a band or? Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah he's in a. Because I, 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 I gathered from things that he's been mostly a musician guy who started doing these Facebook things. Yeah, totally. He's been doing the Facebook thing for a while. Um, oh, yeah, no. Props for, for the long haul. Dude. Like, like seven years. He's committed to doing it. I have, That's why everyone who goes to look at Kimberly Most people Struble, aren't, even, aren't even committed to to uh, to posting things on their own Facebook page. Right. Yeah. That's why everyone who who he trolls with Kimberly Struble goes to look at the page and I'm like, who is this? And then they go back and they're like, okay, well, it's been around since 2007, so it's, it's a real person. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I think it was originally a MySpace one too. So. Yeah. Good uh, for him. So all right. Yeah. When uh, you met Shane, just hanging out what, in Cambridge, you said. Yep. Just going to a show. You guys started the band. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to working at Wayfair. When did you, when, when you started working for Wayfair, mm-hmm. what did you, how did you get your job with them? Because again, did you just show, did, was it basically the, the job like before where it's like, here's a reel. Yeah. So they were hiring for a TV video editor, um, to make the TV commercials. Um, the team was pretty small at the time and, um, I was just freelancing. Cause Wayfair does what? Furniture, right? They sell furniture. Yep. They're Online. Like a, they're an e-commerce, um, giant they're basically like amazon for just furniture and um so i had previously like maybe a month or two before that um i shot an ad for a bike company in portugal and i guess that video as as a person in boston does right 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 yeah um so i guess that video like looked pretty cool or something and they liked it and they were like all right cool come in for an interview and this was after i wrote like a really well crafted cover letter and um, they're like, all right, come in for an interview. And then I just got along really well with the uh, with the team. And then, yeah, I don't know. Um, they ended up hiring me. Like, did and you feel confident for the job or? No. Yeah, because. It's, no, I was so I was. Under- like, I feel like I could get an editing job, but I don't feel like I could really be a good editor. Right. So at the time I was under I was a little bit underqualified. Um, I didn't know After Effects as well. But I also told them, like, you know, you're taking a risk by taking me on. But. I will learn, and I'll learn. Well, that honesty is, endear- is endearing. Totally, I think, yeah, to some yeah. People. Um, and then, yeah, pretty quickly, I like got up to speed with After Effects and started to learn, like, you know, how to do like all the graphic animations and all that at like a professional level. Um, yeah, and then and do you I'll, learn at home? Like, do you try to learn at home? Do you hang out at work and, uh, and practice those little, things, or a little, little bit of both? Because um, I went to school for video editing. Like, yeah. I know Adobe Premiere. Like. Yep. 4.0 yeah yeah <laughs> um, 10 years ago when it was relevant yeah um yeah so then i, I don't know kind of a lot of tutorials this guy uh video co-pilot mm, andrew yeah, kramer yeah. he's a big uh big social hustler um but uh yeah i don't know so so then i just kind of like got up to speed with that and it was going pretty well so and, you're self-taught yourself yep. basically you basically self-taught yourself video editing yep totally is that how you learned to play guitar too? Or did yep. you take lessons when you were a kid? No, because no, there's, no. there's those different schools of people that they yeah. just no, pick gotta, up a guitar and started gotta, listening to Offspring Records and try to figure it out. Yeah, I got to do it myself. Uh, guitar, bass, drums, uh, banjo, mandolin, accordion, violin, tin whistle. Like, I don't know. It's like once you know one instrument, I feel like it makes it easier to learn yeah. another. Um, so yeah, I just try to like self-teach everything because... I can't learn from people. I'm bad at what learning. Inst- what instrument did you start with when you were a kid? Uh, bass. Started with bass as a so kid? Started with a bass. Did- begged my parents for a bass. 
for a bass. For a bass. All right. Now this is a common common thing on the on this podcast is we talk to the, the guitar players right. who play bass, and they all say ninety percent of bass players are usually guitar players. It's just they were in a band that needed a bass player, so they switched. Yeah. I ver- very rarely do I know any musician that started on bass and only knows bass. Yeah. Um, How know. old were you when you begged your parents for a bass? Uh, thir- 14. Okay. 14. Um, I think I had some leftover bar mitzvah money. And I said, let me get a bass. And they said, you have terrible grades. You can't. <laughs> uh, now, that argument went on for like six months. And then I don't actually know how I ended up getting one. I think... I think I like traded a bag of pot for one or something. <laughs> you know how like when like you hear about like, hey, don't get into drugs because you're going to start trading away things that you love for drugs. I was the one trading the drugs to the kid giving me the base for the pot. So, <laughs> you're basically um, selling drugs for, for yeah. musical equipment, which is right. I'm used to people selling musical equipment to buy drugs. I wasn't even um, doing drugs. I didn't even I didn't like it. It gave me anxiety when I was fourteen. It like made me crazy. I'm um, sure being Jewish had nothing to do with the anxiety. It's just all the pot. <laughs> That's right. You're having you're having anxiety from all the pot you're smoking as a fourteen year old. Not a weird awkward kid going through puberty who also happens to be Jewish. Yeah, no, that could have been it. Um Yeah, no, 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 I was fine. I was pretty not anxious. Actually, no, wait. Oh wait. Remembering all these things by age 14. I was on Accutane. That what, dr- what is that? That's, it's an acne medicine. Okay. That like fucks with the hormones of like a pubescent boy or, or girl person. Um, and it's really bad to like throw hormones into like little kids uh, because it like fucks with their emotions. Yeah. So like. Because you're just a big bag of uh, un- uncontrollable emotions at 14. Already. Anyway. And then like you blast them with like hormones. Um. And this and was acne medication? Acne medication. So it actually Ooh. makes you go nuts. You get like either really depressed or really angry. I totally forgot about it. I guess I just blacked that out. <laughs> um, but I also wanted Should to... Should I bring a couch in here for you to lay down but so you I can al- talk about some of your... But, <laughs> but I just wanted a base. Teenage I just wanted to start a punk band. Um, and then I did. And then put a band together for the talent show um, with like... I think so. I got a bass, and the talent show was in three weeks, and I and I said, "All right, I need to learn this instrument, and I need to uh, start a band." I in wanna, three weeks, I want to play the talent show. So oh, I, you're an ambitious guy who so, doesn't understand. So I so I signed up. <laughs> How difficult shit is? But no, so I it's easy. I did. We did Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. It's three notes. Yeah, fair I was, enough. I was like, "Can I learn to put my finger here, here, and here?" Yeah, I could probably learn that. All right. Well, here's the difference because this is a generational difference. When I was yep. seventeen. There wasn't internet and tabletures. Right, right, right. Like, I couldn't just Google, how do I play yeah. Blitzkrieg Bop? Like, yeah, I had yeah. to literally sit down and listen to Blitzkrieg Bop or buy a book. That was how I did learn it. How, how to play. Yeah. Um, I did learn it just by listening. I was like, oh, it sounds like this. And then um, and then I asked every kid who like might like skateboarding or, or guitar if they wanted to play in the talent show. And they're all like, no. And then these two awesome Korean brothers, Eric and Charles Park, one of them played drums, one of them played guitar. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then this girl, Lindsay, she was totally badass. She joined also. So we formed a band and we we tore up the talent show. We played Blitzkrieg Bop just with like, you know, raw energy. 
I think I looked like an idiot. Mm-hmm. I was wearing like striped black and green socks. No, you thought you looked cool at the time. Re- well, yeah. Now yeah. you re- realize I looked like an idiot. Striped black and green socks, uh, long dicky shorts, a uh, a shirt I got from Hot Topic. Oh my God. <laughs> no, dude, this <laughs> is those bad. words came out in your mouth. You're like, fuck. If I could just, as oh, soon as they reach oxygen, you wish you could just suck them back. This in. is so bad. I can't believe uh, my parents should have yelled at me. Um, it was like a it was like a, a shirt with like um, a stitching of a bright green skull on it, mm-hmm. and then uh, it was a black shirt, bright green skull just stitched in, and it was a tight basically an Ed Hardy shirt if he was a fan yeah. of the Cure tight t shirt and then a, like a fake undershirt so it looked like I was wearing a shirt under with like a double fake undershirt like it looked like I was wearing a long sleeve under a t shirt was it just long sleeves that weren't long, connected to anything long sleeves but with like a t shirt over it looking and then um black and green striped arms okay and then a fake mohawk (laughs) i'm still trying to picture this shirt so basically it was a a short sleeve shirt that where the sleeves are had other sleeves sewn in yes yes so where 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 the t-shirt ended um longer sleeves come out of it like like thermal thermal look like thermal oh my god they actually made that black and bright green striped oh my god Um, that that hurts my soul right like i grew up where we would like in the summer in the winter time in baltimore we would we would have put on a thermal shirt and then we would put our favorite punk band here's the thing i did over top i did that too yeah and so but somebody made the shirt i was fine i was fine oh god like i I know. That, like, all right. So, like, when I got into college, my early twenties, so like ten years ago, or ten years ago, I was yeah. in my mid twenties. So, fifteen years ago, when I was in my early twenties, the 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 fashion was wearing a hoodie with a a blazer over top of it. That's cool. It's a great look, it's and I love good, it. It's a cool look. However, somebody started making it where it was a hoodie built into a blazer. Right. And I got kind of mad. About I think that. I have a pea coat like that. Yeah, I do too. I have it. And I got it's mad cool. and I decided just to accept it because it looks badass anyway. Yeah. But somebody built a t-shirt with fake thermal sleeves underneath. They weren't that thermal. Is... They weren't thermal. Or, all right. Just Let... sleeves. Just sleeves. Sleeves. Oh. Yeah. Um... Why does that hurt me so much knowing that that shirt is fake? <laughs> like, I know. I like, know. I own a Boston's hoodie that has a fake canvas patch. That's cool. Pin. Uh, it has fake. It's basically it's screen printed. Yeah. So it's a screen print of a vinyl patch. Yeah. On the hoodie with um, um, uh, safety pins on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's basically how we used to put pa- canvas patches on our on right. our clothes. Anyway, this is just the fake version, and I loved it because it's like throwing back to that. Yeah, yeah. But that that shirt. Oh yeah, it sounds like such a cash grab. It's no, like, it what was... are kids doing? Oh look, let's make a shirt that's a sh- that's on top of another. shirt. I don't know why I got it or how I got it. Because you or... were seventeen and it was that hot topic. No, 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 no. Or 14, sixteen? What? Fourteen at hot topic. Fourteen. Yeah, yeah fourteen. Let's get, let's get that right. Let's set the record straight. <laughs> By seventeen, I was cool. <laughs> seventeen, you were. I can show an you adult. a picture of me while I was seventeen while I tell the rest of the story. Yeah, because pictures. Anyway. So, all right, so you played it. You, you got the guys together. Yeah, so you I had got three them together. To learn how to play Blitzkrieg Bop. Blitzkrieg Bop. Yeah, so it was literally just us versus the other band, and the other band was a bunch of metalhead classic rock kids who always gave me shit for listening to punk. Of and, course, as they do. Yeah, and they they like they were not. I mean, I was I was cool with them, but they always still like, eh, you listen to punk. There's no talent in it. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, of course, there's no talent in it. And um, so yeah, have, like, the, have them listen to um, uh, uh, what's the bass player from Rancid? Is it Matt Freeman? Matt Freeman. Yeah, have them listen to right. just have them look at the tablature for Matt Freeman's bass lines right. for um, 
any of his songs. Like, I remember oh, trying yeah. to learn Maxwell Murder oh, yeah. by looking at Tabloidry, and it's just hammering and pull-offs all over the place. It's ridiculous. Yeah, tell um, me punk doesn't take talent. Yeah, so so then they were Go like... Go listen to Coheed and Cambria. And then, yeah. They were like, they were like, yeah. they're like, okay, yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll see you at the talent show, brah. Mm-hmm. And then they did, I believe in a thing called love. Cause that was on the radio at the time thinking they'd win. Believe the, in a thing called love. Yeah. Can't even go that high. Um, so they, they thought they'd win over the judges by doing a contemporary song that's trending at the time. And we won. And it was the biggest fuck you <laughs> to the metalheads to play Blitzkrieg Bop after, after obtaining a bass three weeks earlier. And um, wearing probably the dumbest thing I've ever worn. <laughs> Black and green face That was shirts. 14. By 17, by 17, I was all studded and spiked. Oh, 17, you went for the actual punk look the, yeah. with the leather jacket, the studs. The suburban yeah. street punk. Le- and and I, I can't see the t-shirt, but I'm going to guess it's a Dead Kennedys DK shirt. Uh, I believe. Basically, it comes in your punk rock starter kit. It's Manic Panic. Believe. A DK shirt. Yeah. And a leather jacket with uh, studs. I believe Discharge. Oh, Discharge? Okay. They now sell Discharge shirts at Walmart. What? Well, they sell CBGB shirts at Walmart. Yeah. They sell pre-faded CBGB shirts right, at Walmart, right, right. which hurts my heart. It takes so long for them to fade. And that, <laughs> it's the way... It's, I just, I, 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 I just you know, don't it's like just the wait, waiting. You have to wash it like 26 times to get it to fade, and it's, yeah. it's just a waste of water. It's like a year. We're in a drought, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, I don't remember the point of that story. Or we were talking about earlier when how you got started my, playing music. That's how I got my first uh, my first bass. So I started on bass, um, and then I and then I don't know maybe two years later, uh, when I was sixteen, um, there was a ska band who was playing, and I was good friends with them. And they were like, "Yo, learn trombone and join our band." So I did that, and then played in a ska band until I was like eighteen, and then I started playing hardcore, and then like. I don't know, more like bouncing souls kind of punk, and then I started getting into like the Pogues. Where were you guys like when you when you got your first band for the yep. talent show? Where did you guys practice at your house, their house? In the Park Brothers basement. Okay, so that you play because they already were they already had a place yeah. obviously to practice. Because yeah. that's the weird thing is, especially when you're a kid. No, even it's harder mm-hmm. now that we're adults. Like we're adults. Yeah, we live in apartments. Middle, we pay yeah. rent. But we can't have our bands come over and practice there. Right. I have a practice space at Studio 52. That's right down the street, right? Yeah. And we like we pay money for it. You know, like it's expensive. Yeah, it and is. It's like, I kind of wish I just lived in like a house in the suburbs. I could just play music and not worry about neighbors. Yeah. Well, my, one like, of my when I moved in here, we had three. We had four people here. Yeah. And my one roommate at the time was a uh, metal uh, bassist in a metal band. Went to Peabody, yeah, learned yeah. music theory, and then he just plays fucking dirt dirt metal. Yeah. Uh, and it's great, and I love him. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. <laughs> uh, but we were talking about it here because we have a basement, and it was like, uh, wish the landlord let them practice in the basement because that yeah. just makes it so much easier for them. Totally. It's harder now as an adult because you have to either have a, a expensive home somewhere to where right. you could do that, and then of course you're just pissing off your neighbors, right, by doing it, or you have to rent space. And pay money for it, and of course, you know the what's the uh, what's the line from uh, LAX by um, Big, Big D and the Kids Table? It's like, is this uh, uh, will this will this check support what, this tour? Will this tour lose my job? Without my job, where's the rent? Should we all I'll just call, call it quits? quits. Yeah. That's dude. Even as a comedian, great. that fucking song hits me in the in, great. right in the fucking the soul, where it's like, like because you know I, I did. I did South by Southwest this year 
And I did a comedy festival in Baltimore, and I went back to Baltimore a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago to do for a friend's wedding and did a comedy show. Yeah. So I did a little bit of touring as a comedian this mm-hmm. year, and it's like I'm listening to that song all on Southwest Airlines on a five hour flight to Southwest. And it's like, yeah, the I I wish I could be doing this every day, just going to a different city and doing comedy. And then you listen to that song, and you're like, oh, oh that's yeah. right. I just paid seven hundred dollars to go to South by to Austin, Texas to to do comedy for free. Right. Yeah. No, I can't quit my job. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, um, I've burnt out on touring through like other bands. Like, I don't know. I've done like two month runs, three month runs, and it's just like, oh my god, it gets so exhausting. And then you hit this moment where it's like a moment of clarity where you're like, oh my god, touring is fun, but it gets you. No, oh, yeah. It gets you to the places. You build a little bit of a fan base. Um, I don't know. I think you have to tour with big bands to actually, like... Well, touring's a grind. To Not actually, a- like, grow as a band. But you realize that you're, like, touring all the time, and then... I don't know. You don't actually grow that much as a band. Like, your fan base doesn't grow from touring on your own. I don't think. I, I, a million people are going to come at me and be like, what are you talking about? You're completely wrong. Um, but we did, we, we just want to do the good tours now. Yeah. Well, the thing <laughs> is the, the way you have to get bigger by touring as a, as a band is you have to keep grinding. Yeah. Like you have to keep going back. So it's like, yeah, it's great. You did two months now, but you got to yeah. come back next year. Totally. You got to come back in six yeah, months yeah, yeah. to a year. I mean like for it to be effective and then you have to keep doing it. There's touring that the grind of touring is never ending. You just have right. to keep doing it yeah. over and over and over. Repetition, um, repetition, playing think... every show you can, playing in front of every audience you can. Yeah. It's no different than comedy. Totally. Like, and that's the, the comedians, we have to sound like our jokes come off the top of our heads. Right. Yeah. But we're doing the same jokes over and over and over again. Yeah, no, of times. course. Definitely. And this is where it's hard is because it's hard as a comedian to do the same jokes in front of the same audiences because the, the beauty to comedy is the surprise. In the the genuine, what it, what it's genuine. Even musical comedians, mm. have, people still want to hear those songs over and over. But the musical comedians, like you, already know the joke to the song. Why are you listening? Why do you want to listen to it again? Yeah. yeah. Whereas music, you know, people want to hear the same song that they like a thousand times. Yeah. Before they get. Yeah, it's it. interesting. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say I. I think like the days of like the only way to get big is touring. I don't think that exists anymore. Um, it's because, the only way to make money, really. Yeah. I mean, we lose so much money every time we tour. Yeah. Um, well, we're also depends not on that... what level. Oh, no, you're wrong. You're, you know, you're right. I'm wrong. The Touring doesn't make money because uh, Cake, I was listening to Cake in an interview, mm-hmm. talk about their, their label paid them um, to go do a month tour of Australia. Mm-hmm. They paid all the expenses and paid the band. Sick. They basically gave them a lump sum of money and said, here, here's, I don't know what the number is. I'll just come up with a number. I don't remember. Say $10,000. Yep. I was thinking $10,000. $10,000, go do a month tour of Australia. So between travel, rent, gear rental, insurance, venues, yep. and 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 uh, lodgings and, and accommodations and stuff, at the end of the month, they made $1,000 a person. Yeah. Sounds from, about right. And that's that's from selling their merch uh, on their own, getting selling a merch and get 100 percent profit yeah. on it. So a thousand dollars per person. So what's there? Five guys in cake. That's five grand that they made for a month. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's sucks. but that's that's Australia. You can figure each person has to spend what fifteen hundred to two thousand on flights. Yeah. 
visas, music visas are expensive as balls for Australia. Each person needs one. So I kind of understand why that would be expensive. Might have been a hundred thousand. I don't know the number yeah. they say. Obviously, it clearly either wasn't way, 10 grand. Either way, they, they Whatever came it is, back at the with, end of the day, they right, came right, with right. A th- about a thousand dollars per person. Yeah. Profit. Damn. Right, right, right. Profit. And uh. that's that's a success story. Yeah. Um, that's a, yeah, that's a success story. Yeah, they didn't lose money on that. Tour. Oh, yeah. No, but you, I don't know. Music is bleak. And that's why I never, I would never expect to make money off of it or have it be my living. It's like an enrichment for my life. It'd be sick if I could do it full time. I would do it full time in, in a heartbeat. Um, I just think it's it's really hard to do unless you're huge. And even then, like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how you do that because I've yeah. never. Well, yeah, it's you have to. Never been big. Yeah, that's the point of this. Is like we're talking. You got to sing like, about sports. <laughs> you know, like you have to sing about your local sports team and talk about your heritage. <laughs> And that's how you do it. Talk about Boston and the Bruins, and then that's how you yeah. make it big. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. And I think those days were like, I don't know. You always hear like bands like Green Day, and they're like, well, I mean, like, you know, we went out and we played for like 20 people. and But the next time we came back, you know, there were 40 people, and they all told their friends that we came back, and there was 80. So, then like, you know, we just kept like playing, and more and more people came. I don't think that actually happens anymore. No. Maybe it maybe it's because we're There's not... There's so much going on. It could also definitely be because we're not good. <laughs> um, but... Yeah. Notice how I didn't say, no, you guys are great. <laughs> well, but that, but that would be... No, that would be like the instant like, oh, well, it's because you guys suck. You know? Or, or like you guys aren't good enough. You're not as good as Green Day. Or your songs aren't as good. You know, people aren't going to come back. And maybe that is the case, you know? No. They write, they write some catchy stuff. Um, so do you guys, but, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know. Um, if like, that's how I, I don't know, you know, the music industry definitely doesn't work that way. It's anymore. weird. I don't know. I don't even know if it works. <laughs> I don't know if it works. So we, um, we were banned for now it's been two and a half years. Um, but last March or, or way, way before that. So when we were a band for about a year and a half or so, um, we got invited to play on flogging Molly's cruise ship. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw somewhere that you guys are. Mm-hmm. Did you guys do it multiple times, right? So so we did it one year. We got invited back. So that okay. was Flogging Molly Rancid. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Flogging Molly Rancid, uh, Fishbone. <gasps> yeah, oh. I saw Fishbone play on like the deck of a boat while I was like super drunk, skanking with this like really cute girl, and just like jumping into the pool. It was like that was the best moment oh, I love of my Fishbone, life, dude. Angelo Moore is a fucking insane man. I yeah. have I have a painting. I have one of Angelo Moore, Angelo Moore's original paintings. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. They did this company did a 30th anniversary of Angelo Moore's uh, music career, and they did a print of Angelo Moore as every character at. And I'll show it to you. Uh, every character uh, at the Last Supper. Yeah. Jesus awesome. and all his disciples and everything, and then he hand personalized each one, and I have they made 200 of them. And I have 200 out of 200. Wow. I have the last one ever Damn. made. And when I was talking to the guy that was making them, because you could, you basically had to pre-order it. Right. And it took like six months for them to make. So when we're talking on the phone about the pre-order, he goes, all right, so we have, uh, there's only going to be 200 of these made. We're, we're giving people the option to choose which of the 200 that they want. Um, a lot of numbers are already taken, like one through 50, 50 are already taken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number 69 is taken, or 79 is taken because that was the year he started music. Yeah. But there's a bunch of numbers. Is there an, a number? Do you want the lowest number that we have available? I went, no, I want number 200. Hmm. He goes, why? I was like, 
it's the last one that'll ever be made. And he goes, yeah, fuck. That is cool. Like, I got number four, and I was excited by that, but you have the last one. Now I want number 200 instead of number four. That's that's really cool. uh, Yeah, that was just a spot of brilliance on my end. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, But yeah, so I'm a huge Andrew Moore fan, too. I've watched him do just stand in the middle of a crowd before their show. The band's just tuning up, and Angela's just standing in the crowd wearing purple pants with yep. purple suspenders, no shirt, of course. Oh, no. a giant green oversized top hat yeah. reciting bohemian poetry yeah. with no microphone. Just walk around the crowd just shouting bohemian yeah. poetry. Yeah, yeah, He's The dude's awesome. insane. They played on a beach down there also. That was so cool. <laughs> and then we got invited back next year. For 2017? Okay. 2017, and it's with like all the bands I listened to in high school in middle school, like every day. Nice. So it's Floggy Molly, No FX, Novix, Novix, <laughs> uh, the Bouncing Souls, who I, have, ah. who I have a tattoo of. Ah. Um, less than Jake. Um, to this day, less than Chris from Less Than Jake is still one of my favorite oh, yeah. interviews to this day. Uh, the Toasters, I think. Oh. I think the Toasters are playing. Um. Yeah. Dude, this is straight up fucking it's incredible. third wave fucking era of uh, uh, yeah. tour. I love it. Um, Yeah, I don't even remember who else. Like, Debochka, really random band to be on it. Yeah, I know who yeah, that is. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're interesting. But, yeah, you yeah. named the one band that wasn't a 90s stable. Yeah. So, so at, uh, it's like, I don't know. It's going to feel like punk rock retirement party. <laughs> How did you guys get invited on that? Did they find you? Was there submissions? Yes. No, so... um. Cause that's a weird like Warp Tour does that every year where it's like hey Battle of the yeah, Bands yeah. to get on well, Warp Tour. I'm so against Battle of the Bands as a concept, but that's a whole nother thing. <sighs> Comedy contests aren't any. Oh yeah. Um, so, I've watched my friends beat Good Charlotte in a in a Battle of the Bands, and then six months later they cut their like Good Charlotte yeah. was literally playing a Battle of the Bands in Aberdeen, Maryland. Yeah. Where they had long hair and flannels. Six months later they cut their hair, painted their fingernails, and they're on MTV. Yeah, my friends beat them, and my friends, yeah, aren't even a band anymore. Um, yeah, so so yeah, the comedy contests are bullshit. Yeah, so we were um, let's see, our, our fiddle player he went on the year before, and I guess he got drunk and got naked a lot and made friends with a lot of people, and then as drunk naked people will do. Yeah, totally. And then um, all these people were like, oh wait, Jake has a band. He's got a Celtic punk band. So then um, people started listening to us, and they're like, oh wait, these guys should play. And then somebody was like, hey, we want you guys to play. And they started a, a change.org petition for people to sign to like, like, hey, show your support that we want Mickey Rickshaw to play on the boat. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I was so uncomfortable with it. I was like, don't do it. It's going to make us look desperate. Uh, we're not. Who gonna- started the change? Was it a, a, a somebody in another band or one of your bandmates? No, 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 no. None of us. It okay. Was, it was some, just then a, you're not desperate then. Right. As long as you're not the one doing it. I know, but <laughs> it's like starting your own go, uh, go fund me. It's like, it's like giving yourself a nickname. <laughs> yeah. So, starting to go fund me. Like, yeah. Starting to go fund me or a change for your own yep. band is like, start is, is designing your own nickname. Yeah. Right? So then I was kind of uncomfortable. Which, by the by way, it. for any listeners, I did not choose dead or Dennis. It was given to me by Joe Bevel Aqua, oh. who's the program director of D- former program director of DC one Oh one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was kind of uncomfortable by that. Um, but then a lot of people started signing it and I was like, Oh, cool. Like, all right, this is getting around a little bit. And then, um, I don't know who it was. It might've been flogging Molly's manager hit us up and was like, so, uh, you guys want to play? Nice. We're like, oh, what? What do you mean? See, that's that grassroots shit. Yeah. That DIY shit that can happen. That was using- when, when you are 
out there. So totally. well, I guess being naked in front of people, but no, that's the kind but of I, I, shit. I feel like that's an that's an that's like that's an example where social media got yes. us somewhere where touring wouldn't, you know. Um, social media helped uh, helped it totally, totally. Like you guys got it because your bandmate was playing a show. Like touring get and say, touring doesn't get you money. Touring gets you connections. Yeah, 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 totally. And, and don't get me wrong. We, we still play a lot of shows. We play every show we're given. Oh, yeah, no. I subscribe on Bands in Town. I get the yeah, notifications yeah. for every single one. Um, only recently have we started kind of booking a little more selectively. Because um, we have – there's eight of us. It's a lot of people to, like, have to drop their schedule and drive out to play to an empty dive bar. Yeah. So we kind of don't do those anymore. But um, that's one reason why I've pulled back similar thing that I've pulled back on a lot of yeah. open mics because there's just open mics that aren't worth my time. Right. Oh, I get to do three minutes at a, in front of 20 other comedians? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. That's going to help me zero. That's going to help me develop zero as a comedian. Yeah. Oh, I can go to do a... Oh, there's a music open mic in Springfield uh, where they'll give me 10 minutes, but none of the audience is going to pay attention? No, I'm yeah. not going to drive two hours out there to do that. And totally. I, I'm not going to drive out to Agawam to do an open mic. Yeah. It's a very different experience. Um, I wouldn't suggest that to other people. Right, but right, there's right. a point where you get into your career where you're like, there's just things that aren't going to be beneficial. Totally. To and, um, yeah. And then from being on that boat, we like made friends with like some of the greatest bands ever. Um, and then we just finished our, our record is actually done being mixed. Yeah. I was listening to the preview to the new, mm-hmm. one of the new songs. Oh yeah. It's nice. Yeah. So we, uh, so, so yeah, so we made the right connections. So we have this record and we're like, all right, who do we give it to? You know, because a lot of people are interested in it and asking us about it. And I think we might just put it out ourselves because we recorded it ourselves. And I don't know. But we. That's we, that management decisions now yeah. that you have that, that yep. you're at that point you have to make. So we can at least get it into the right ears of um, some pretty notable people who um, want it. They want to hear it. So I don't know. We're at like a really good point. No, and that's a great point. We're like, going to release it and then we're going to go play with no effects. So it's really exciting. Yeah. My buddy is uh, former guest of the podcast. My friend uh, who just played in R- Ramon wannabe bands is now mm-hmm. the C- drummer for CJ Ramon. Oh, nice. And he's been on tour with CJ uh, off and on. And one of us. Oh, he's just... going to be on the boat. CJ? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Then. Wait, go to CJ's drummer and be like, hey, we've been on Dennis's podcast. Oh, that's Chris pretty Eller, Yeah. Um, Chris is great. Uh, he's, yep. Basically, he got it. The way he became CJ's drummer is he just Facebook messaged CJ and was like, hey, the guys you're playing with sucks. Me and my buddy is so much better. We should play with you. Oh, my God. Here's my phone number. That's so funny. <laughs> and he fucking called him. That is so funny. I know. You hear about that. You cringe for a second and then you're like, oh, he called him? Oh, wow. Damn. Nice. But yeah, so there's that's that bold shit. Yeah, that can that can happen. Just got to go out there, put the energy out there, and do it. That's good. So um, are I know, you guys I know. consulting anybody with on what you should do? Because you you guys are going to probably put it out yourselves. Are you talking to anybody? Yeah. Like, have you guys? Uh, how did you figure out that's going to be the right move for you? Uh we haven't. <laughs> we haven't. I I don't know. Um, yeah. So so now that we have it finished, um, we're gonna get it mixed. I mean, we're gonna get it mastered. Um, that's the only part that we're not doing in house. So we're going to pay to have it mastered. Um, but it's then, worth the money. Yeah, totally. So then, um, once we have this final product, then I'm going to toss it around to a bunch of people and say, Hey, what do you think we should do with this? Um, cause yeah, I don't know if we, 
we get on a label right now, we're kind of not in a strategic position. We have no leverage or no like, I don't know. We'll basically have to do whatever they say with it. Yeah. Whereas if if we were a little bit bigger, then once a label gets involved, um, we have a little more say in what goes on. But also, I don't know. These are it's like a wild west for me. Um, well, it's also you got eight people with eight different opinions. Like, how right. do you guys rap? How do you guys sit down and figure out what it is? What you guys are gonna do? Like, is it a vote? Is it a committee? Yeah. Or is it just like, hey, you know what? Me and uh, who's the tin whistle player? Dan. Shane. Shane. It, me and Shane started this band. This is what we're gonna do: get on board or 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 get off. Yeah. Um. So with some people do that, by the way, they're like, I started this band. I say what. Yeah. What's no, going. no. 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 You've agreed to that. We met by no, being no. in the band. No, I make sure that um, that that there's a lot of communication, mm-hmm. um, especially with all the money stuff. Like we have like a PayPal that it all goes into, like anything we make, and so I'm very transparent with that. Um, everybody in the band has their say. Everyone has their um, their sixteenth that uh, their sixteenth that they have their input. I have half. So they, <laughs> <laughs> they all get one sixty. If you get half, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do uh, they know that? Uh, <laughs> it, a, is this something else in the podcast? I'm gonna have to ch- edit a, out later. That was a classic <laughs> setup. Classic setup. Walked right into it. Um, no, no. So yeah, no. I, I don't know. Thing about a democracy is, uh, in a democracy, people still get left out. So yeah. it's like, all right, how do we? Uh, well, dude, look at Brexit. Yeah. It was like 52%. Oh my God. 52% agreed uh, don't even to get, leave it. Don't even get me into politics. That's 48% a, doesn't want to leave. That's still uh, half the people. Dude, I, I, yeah. I, majority rule sometimes doesn't go well. How can the majority rule? Like when 80% the majo- to 20% is, is, is fine. You get 20% who are apparently wrong outliers. 48 to 52. That's not a good percentage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a percentage where you like to make that big of a of a of a movement. Yeah, on it. especially when you look at Scotland, who Scotland as entirely was ninety eight percent. No, yeah. no, no I, th- I think all of them voted. Stay. Yeah, pretty much all, like ninety eight percent of Scotland oh uh, d- uh, voted against Brexit. Uh, yeah, and also I take issue they created the name Brexit. <laughs> like that's how they built it. Was of course we're gonna we are going to fi- we're gonna exit the union because we are British the British Empire. We're gonna Brexit it, you guys. Uh. And that's interesting when Scotland just pretty much came 50-50 on their independence from Great Britain. Yeah. So they, they couldn't agree on that, but they all agreed that they want to be in the, the EU. Union. They want to stay in the Union. Insane. Which, by the way, that quickly went out of conversation on the news. Like what, the that, Brexit? Yeah, that uh, that is not being talked about anymore. Coming in and out, I think there was just something on the BBC where there was some... Oh, um, yeah, of course the BBC's got to talk about oh, Talk about that, regular media. That's where I get That's where I get my news. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You watch BB, BBC World? What is it, BBC America? Oh, no, I just get the BBC app. Oh, the BBC app. That's okay. good. Yeah, I, I work in news. All that news comes oh, to my front desk. From comes to my desktop. I see. I see. I just don't pay attention to it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, yeah. So majority rule is a good rule of thumb. But when it's like yeah, like it, it uh, you know, five to three. That's so right now kind of majority thing. Right but when now, you're talking we, about ugh. with eight of us. So right now, what we have if it was nine of you, then it was five to four. That's a little more yeah. where it's like the basically only- half the band was not. On board. So basically, we just like try everything. So if um, 
I don't. We don't really have many disagreements. Mostly Any people's just, a lot of people that have it in the band. Mostly on like making. shirt designs and stuff, which we don't really have many right now. We only have two. Um, people, someone will come up with a shirt design, and then I don't know. We're either just like ah, I don't like it. Like okay, the the tin whistle player Shane came up to me. Oh yeah, so we were like, yeah, we want a dead rat for some reason. So <laughs> that everyone was like, oh yeah, cool, go go with a dead rat. We live in Austin. Um, or, <laughs> I do. So then um. Yeah, so then Shane was like, "Oh, my buddy's a tattoo artist. He can uh he's going to he's going to drop a dead rat. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so good." And he like presented one and like I just strongly did not like the style of it. It was just like it just like was not part of the brand. Like it just did, I don't know. I didn't like how it looked. And then we ended up going with a different rat that my old roommate designed. Um so that was like an example where like I don't know we kind of disagreed and we kind of compromised by just picking a different one. Um but I don't know. I'm definitely the 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 person in charge in the band because like I don't know I, every band's got to have one person that's leading. Yeah. Um it's like Which that's why I end up being a manager for a lot of bands is cuz they couldn't figure out who to lead them. Yeah. So they came and all the bands I were only bands I worked with were friends of mine. I never worked with anybody. Like I had offers from other bands like we're looking for a new manager. We'll pay you. And I'm like, yeah. mm, I work with my friends because I like them with and them, they don't pay me with this band. It's like herding cats. Yeah. Which is like, Oh, being a manager, the, being in charge of the band, oh, being the, the, being the, the force behind the band to get everything organized or being a manager is literally babysitting grown adults. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, like, Hey Johnny, I know you're really good at skateboarding and this is a, a really awesome jump for you to do. Maybe you shouldn't do it 10 minutes before you go on stage because you're the drummer and you'll break an arm. Right. Like I've had ba- band members that I've had to bail out of jail for their, or I've had, had to send their oh, yeah. parents to bail them out of jail. That's the best. So they could show up at the show and play. Sorry, they're asking me what time they have to show up tomorrow to go to New York. But yeah, do your don't do no, that no, message. No, 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 that's all right. No, yeah. no, answer that message. I gotta plug this phone in and then we'll we'll continue. I like to ignore okay. them half the time. I like to ignore them most of the time. You guys have a loving relationship. Yeah. So uh, let's go talking uh, on the touring side. Do you guys? Yeah. How do you? How does touring happen? Do you guys have a vehicle that you guys use? Yeah. Does somebody in the band have a big van? Do you so, rent a trailer? We just did because a- that is uh, for guys at our yep. level of stuff is almost as important to a tour than anything yeah. else. Because a band, you have all that equipment and gear. I'm a comedian. I have no equipment and gear yeah. to, to take with me on tour. So, but yeah. I don't own a car. We just got a minivan. Okay. Um, and as a band or so it was. Is our guitarist or something? Okay. His parents had it or something. He got it for cheap or something. That's usually where it happens. Somebody's parent is yep. getting rid of a, a minivan. Yeah. And that's where it comes from. Yeah. Yep. So then... um, Rarely somebody goes out and buys a new car, a caravan yeah. or something like that. So the minivan um, does not have a trailer hitch and we have to solder one onto one uh, onto it. So... Ideally, I we don't would, think solder is what you. I weld, mean, not solder. Weld, weld. weld. Yeah. <laughs> big, big solder. <laughs> big solder. Big boy solder. solder. Welding. Solder. Wow. Um, that's hilarious, especially because I worked in that. Anyway, um, so I in, in a perfect world, we would have like a big van with a trailer, or yeah. just a sixteen passenger van. Um, Ideally, that's that's the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but right now we just pretty much take two oh my cars. God, eight guys in a minivan. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. So we, we we take two cars. Okay. Um. So you take the minivan and somebody else's car. You take the minivan and then I have like a Toyota Matrix, and so 
I drive and someone else drives. And, oh, and that just doubles the gas that you guys have to do. Yeah, but a Matrix isn't too bad. I, like, forget to put gas in it for, like, a month. Is the Matrix fine. a hybrid? I Almost. don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a little hatchback thing. It okay. really is good on gas. Good. So it's awesome. Dude, the when, the only the closest that the bands I was with that we did, tour, we would do, like, one-nighters out of town, but we yeah. did... We were going to do a whole East Coast tour for a week, and every show fell, show fell through except for the first show in Virginia oh, Beach. Oh, God, I've had those tours. On a Monday. So we decided, fuck it, let's go do it anyway and have fun. Mm-hmm. We went down there, and we took a – it was two bands. Yep. And, of course, everybody and their fucking brother wanted to come, like the drummer's father, huh. um, two friends, and yeah. me as the managers going. So we took – a van, a Bronco, hmm. and my uh, Ford Focus. No, yeah. it was a uh, Plymouth Duster. Like no, s- but, no, it was my Ford Focus. I had a uh, brand yeah. new Ford Focus that I just bought. Right. So we had three vehicles just caravanning f- six hours, four hours, whatever it is, to Virginia Beach. Yeah. We get down there, we play the show, and now we have to caravan to the guy's house that we're staying at. So now we have a four-car caravan oh, yeah. to drive a mile away, Yep. and one of them got lost. All too familiar with that. Yeah, and they it's a straight shot, turn right. That's all you, you turn left out of the parking lot, drive straight, turn right, you're there. He got lost. I drove around to go try and find them in Virginia Beach, where yeah. I've never been to before. Yeah, yeah. And end up crashing and wrecking my car. Ooh, damn. Yeah. That's and bad. had to leave it there. And <laughs> have to now four of us have to squeeze into the Bronco because the van left that morning. Cause they're like, fuck this. Yeah. We're going home now. We stayed around to see if they could fix my car. Yep. They couldn't. So that night we left all crammed into the into the Bronco, just wow. you know, knees in our chest and oh, shit. Oh, that sucks. Four four extra people in, inside this white Ford Bronco, the OJ Mobile. Yeah. And drove four hours back, and then I had to take a bus a week later when my car was fixed, an eight hour bus ride to Virginia Beach. Oh. Pick up my car, drive foot to the floor, four hours back to. How Baltimore. many uh, How many people were at this show? Oh, good, fifteen. If that. <laughs> That, that's including the people Actually, we brought. It's probably this, <laughs> one time we played uh, one of my old bands in, in like high school, played in Virginia Beach. And I don't know if this story is going to incriminate me, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> we put, we played a show and whatever the, you're going to say, I'm sure the statute of limitations has been as expired. Right, right, right. It was 2008. The venue did not pay us, mm-hmm. nor did the promoter. So the promoter left and just left us in this room with like a bar and like nothing else it was just like an empty bar i mean i mean fully stocked empty bar no person there yeah so we just loaded the van with like tons of bottles of alcohol yeah um and why then, didn't they pay you they were just like fuck you we're not gonna pay we didn't you make enough on the show uh, yeah so he was like sorry yeah i mean i've had bands oh it happens do trade so deals. much like you have to you gotta throw them some kind of cash i've actually had bands get pissed because i've paid them and they're like Dude, we spent more money at the bar than this. Like, nobody agreed on how much you're getting paid. Jeez. I'm paying you out of my pocket and yeah. I'm not even getting paid. So go fuck yourselves. Yeah, damn. I hate ungrateful musicians. So many bands we play with are just like... And also, don't be weird. You're sleeping at my house tonight. So... Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, like, so... I don't know. So many... Uh, I don't know. You meet so many musicians who just have, like, such an ego. And it's mostly Berkeley kids that we play with. Or most of the Berkeley kids we play with expect just that like the show is gonna be like their big show and like i and they're like baffled when like no one's there for their set 
um, because they don't bring people, we bring the crowd and then, I don't know, we uh, we obviously tell, it's my philosophy that, not philosophy, I just think that like, if you go to a show, you should watch the bands, you know, try to support all the bands. Yeah, it's, it, you would wish. And that, I know. But, we all, as it's musicians, hard. we all wish that. It's it's tough, but it's not um, even just like like that's not your experience. That's not my experience. It's every musician's yeah, experience. It's I, weird that that happens. I never ever want to be a band that their crowd comes and only watches their set. You know, because I hate that. I feel so bad anytime it happens, and it does. Like, and it happens every day though. We'll we'll play a show, and all our people will leave right after we play. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait where are you going? Hey, man, where are you going? He's like, oh, we're going to take off. Wait, wait, where are you going? Oh, no, we're going to like go to another bar. I'm like, yeah, there's more bands playing. So I always try to get people to stay. So then like, you have these like Berkeley bands that insist that they headline over us because they um, went to Berkeley. They went to Berkeley and they like, I don't so, know. So sorry, they didn't go to a music college. They went to a music conservatory right so they went to berkeley not the hard berkeley to get into but the music berkeley <laughs> everyone gets impressed when they hear berkeley but... is there two different berkeleys oh Ber- berkeley california very wow. good school very prestigious not a but not music not music see i only thought berkeley so was a music I, school. i'm just shitting on berkeley right now <laughs> oh I, don't worry i had a recent experience I had, re- I had a recent experience and this is what i'm this is what i'm pissed don't, about don't worry about it Berkeley might as well have been a sponsor how how much positive th- talk they got with one of the other bands around here because they all graduated from there. Yeah. They all spoke highly of it. So it's fine that we can balance the scales and talk about how shitty Berkeley can okay, be to okay. other people. Okay. So here's my gripe with the Berkeley kids. So we, we'll play with the Berkeley band. And this has happened a few times. Um, so they always insist that they like play after us because they're like, well, we're a little bit more professional than you guys. And we have like nicer equipment. And well, we're actually professional musicians. So we should play after you. We should headline. And I'm like, you sure you want that? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, all right. So then they like always like make a different flyer that like features them. It's like their night at the show. Um, of course. Like it's like, oh, the night of the, the, I don't know, the blah, blah, blah band. And then Mickey Rickshaw happens to be playing. Yeah. And so anyway, so oh, we'll, I've seen comedians who do the same thing, right? Like so, it's like their first show at the comedy studio and they're yeah. like, I'm featuring at the comedy studio. It's like, dude, there's 12 people on the show. Chill the yeah. fuck out. So they show up. It's, it's not your, you're not playing Carnegie Hall. Right. Uh, they show up like dressed up, which is a thing. Um, uh, you know, I'm not, I'll never fall I, to band for, for I won't, getting dressed okay. up. Yeah, I'll stay. Cause I'll, I used to tell my bands like, you should look less like the people come to the show and more like a rock star. Okay. To uh, a, to a degree. All right, so I'll I'll stay out of that one. Yeah, I um, do you dress for the job that you want. Yeah, no, no, no I got you, I got you. <laughs> um, so either way, either way, so we'll you know we'll play, um, and then the room will empty out after we play, and then they give us so much attitude about our quote our friends leaving. Well, it's not our friends. We have like we have an actual following. We have a fan base. It's not just like some people that you know jumped in our car and like left. It's like the the whole room. Yeah, we didn't tell everyone to leave. Yeah, and like I I always say, stick around for whatever bands after. Um, and then they always like have this attitude with us, and I don't know. It's the attitude, and it's and I I hate being one of those people who's like, oh, millennials are entitled. But no, there's there's an. Oh, entire- dude, I'm Generation X. The yeah. same shit used to happen in the um, fucking early mid late nineties, early two thousand, mid two thousand. There's an entitlement factor that they kind of bring to the table um, because. They like went to school for music. It's like, all right, cool. So you went to school to play the same bar that we're playing in. 
we didn't. You know, like that doesn't make you any better than us. Uh, I don't know. And then I don't know. I don't know why I'm just trashing Berkeley so badly. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> it's sorry. It's not the school. It's the people that graduate from there. That's right. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they I all, mean, they all when we were an attitude. Yeah. When we were bands, we always used to argue on who would headline because nobody wanted to get stuck with the last slot. Yeah. The janitors of of uh, the night. Yeah, basically, we're the janitors are going to be the audience. We're playing to the bartenders because everyone else is going. Oh, leave. I mean, the band is the janitor. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> they're clearing out the club. Yeah. They're cleaning it up. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because it's it's who put the show on, who has the bigger following, who has the more success. Right. Like we always want. All right, we'll take a like we'll assess the rooms. Like all right, that's clearly all of Paperback Tragedy's audience. That's our audience. That's uh, 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 misdirected's audience. Well, Paperback has the most amount of people here. We want them to stick through f- through the rest of the show. So, Paperback, you're you're going on last. Oh man, we always got to go on last. Bring less friends, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or it's we had to deal with the, um, you know, you try to get one band or, or or dealing with people coming and you tell them the show starts at eight o'clock and they go, what time does your band go on? Yeah. Like, Show starts at eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I do. I do it as, in comedy all the time too. I get it. It's like, hey, I'm doing what it. Like, you guys, when I go back. What time do you guys play? Um, show's probably like eight or nine. So get there around then. It'd be good. Yeah, it's like, but, but what time do you go on? Like it's that yeah. that, that mentality is like, yeah. you're doing somehow you're doing me a favor by coming to see entertainment that I'm providing for totally. you. Totally. But yeah, and then I and but I also know. in fairness, we have gone through a lot of shitty times where we asked our friends to show up while we were not so good. So yeah. they do have their own right to go. Totally. Ah. Totally. Um, like, do your parents have you ever? Let's talk about this because I don't let my mother come see me do comedy. No, for no reason, and I don't do anything dirty. I'm not right, offensive. Right, I right. barely curse on stage. I just don't want my mother to come to a show, and I don't want her to be. I don't want another comedian who's going to talk about the time that he, you know, whipped his dick out on his girlfriend and chased her around the apartment, or whatever. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to be dirty. I don't know if somebody else is going to be dirty. Do you yeah. let your parents? Do your parents come to your shows as the band? My. So let's see. My mom saw this band once. So she lives down in Newport, Rhode Island. And we played at a pirate festival <laughs> in New Bedford. So it was kind of nearby. It's kind of up your alley. You guys would fit well yeah, in the pirate festival. It was sweet. Festival. Pirate festival was really cool. Um, so we, yeah, we played and my mom was like, I'm, I'm coming with my friend. So they went and they saw us. So that was fine. Um Time before that, where my mom has seen my band, uh, I think she. Oh, she showed up to a show in Newport. We were playing in Newport. She was walking by with her friends, and she was like, "Wait, is that Michael's band? Michael, what?" And she like walked in because my my mom was like, "My mom's a partier. She she loves her wine." So she was like walking around with her friends, and they were like buzz, and they like saw us playing and like walked in, like started making fun of us. <laughs> you got heckled like, by your drunk mom. I was like, I was like, mom, go away. <laughs> Literally, just, it was funny because like we're playing in this like packed room, and then my mom's going, "Michael," and I was like, "Oh my god, no, mom, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends." <laughs> but like just saying to a microphone in front of like a crowd of people is hilarious, you know. Um, but yeah, and then in all I, my years involved with musicians, that has never happened. Oh yeah, um, and then like I think like I'm trying to think. Anytime my dad has seen any of my bands, that was like. I think we played a teen center when I was 16 and he came to the show for some reason. 
Like, was your parents driving you to shows when you started playing music when you were a teenager? When Yeah, when I was like 15, 16, they would. Was um, it one of those, like, just drop me off down the street, I'll carry my amp? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Because I've known a lot of people whose parents, they're super supportive. Yeah. I, no, they, they, so if your mom's going to yeah. heckle you, she doesn't sound supportive. No, no, she was, my mother was extremely supportive. That'll go, that'll go on the record. <laughs> um, no, my mom was really supportive. So when I was like a young... Even by the fact that she forced you to secretly hide selling weed to get a base base yeah well <laughs> instead um, of like yeah we'll go we'll take you to the guitar, guitar center with your with your bar mitzvah money yeah instead of that they're not that supportive but they're supportive enough to turn the blind eye to to illegal shady drug deals i mean they didn't equipment. know they, they thought i was no they knew they knew i wasn't good but they didn't know <laughs> why they just all they saw was the bad grades so they didn't and they didn't know what was going on but um, so your dad showed up to a teen center. Show. A teen center show. I think we played a teen center like on a Sunday afternoon, um, when I was sixteen, and that was really awkward. It's, I don't know. It's just awkward when my parents show up to shows. I just don't like it. Yeah, no, I, I can get it. Yeah, and you know what? That's and it's really bratty of me to say they're my parents, uh, so they should. I don't know. I shouldn't be embarrassed by them watching me play but i don't know some reason it's kind of weird no it is and it's it's same for me like there's certain people in an audience that i can't do comedy in front of yeah my mother's one of them yeah uh my sister has come see me a couple times i have no problem with her but there's certain comedians in boston that i'm like just go in the other room please i don't want you watching me maybe if i was a little more not that i'm embarrassed by them or whatever just like there's something about their face that makes me if i was a little more mainstream if we're like a pop band i think i'd be okay with it it's just that we're playing like pretty obnoxious music that it's fast and heavy. Yeah, well, it's not heavy, but it's it's fast. Yeah, it's it's crunchy. Yeah, it's fast and I don't know. Fast and dirty. It's very high energy. So it's I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of weird just to have your parents like, what up? All right. So now that you're let's let's talk, go back to talking about uh, the freelance work. Uh, yeah. Now that you're doing freelance stuff, are you having to schedule your time to do all the business stuff like writing down you know just writing up invoices, doing the tax shit? Yeah. Like, have you looked into what? The taxes are going to be now that you, yeah, now that you're on your own. Yep, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like what's your method for tracking everything? LegalZoom.com. Are you using it? LegalZoom's great. Okay, so that's how you created your LLC or everything. whatever. No tracking receipts though, because that um, is the pain in the ass. Like of stuff that you can write off. Yeah, I just don't even do it. Oh, I know. Really? Yeah. There's so much I could write off that I just kind of don't. Yes. I, okay. Yeah. If this is going to be my advice to you. I know. I know. A private, prior experience of other people and yeah. running businesses for other people. Yeah. Right, dude. Just, I know. At worst case scenario. Get a lot of money back. Yeah. Put all that, that. Put all those receipts. Just take all your receipts and put them in a manila envelope or a bag or something. Yeah. Like, I should. Uh, I definitely should. I know. You're the first business person I ever talked to who's like, ah, fuck taxes. I'm like, I'm like I'll pay them. I don't really care what I get back. Cause I oh you won't that's the thing though right you won't as 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 running your own business you're you're not you're gonna owe so much I pay I pay him monthly oh you already pay yeah you pay out to to a monthly like a yeah um how do you pay it out monthly what, what do you do you just have a, a a certain account that's for for that yeah because that's that's yeah, something yeah. new to me I don't know this oh yeah 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 um yeah you you can you can literally pay like. The IRS, it like goes, it goes through, I don't know. It, it was also like set up like through my friend who's accountant who's like, I was like, give me the easiest way to do this. I don't want to have to put all the tax money aside. Can I just pay monthly? He was like, yeah. 
So we kind of got all that going. Um, I don't even notice it. it; just comes right out. Okay. It's like electronic transfer. It's probably just going to some hacker in Russia. But, <laughs> but I, but I feel good doing it. Yes, you, know? you have no worries, no right. stress. Right. Um. So, no, it, j- it just comes out. Um. But I, I've, I'm only established freelancer for like three months. Yeah. Yeah. But you were freelancing before that. But I was that, free- But you weren't making enough to claim anything. I'm yeah. Sure, no. For that. Totally. It was just like. Yeah, so you're at the infancy of it, where it's like yep. you're you're le- now learning this stuff. Are you able to sit down and and get your brain to wrap around that business stuff? Or yeah, because I can't do anything here mm-hmm. at home in my room. Oh, oh, oh! I can't do work. It, like if I have to, that's tough. That's yeah, tough. When so, I do, when I have to write, I have I write predominantly on the uh, when I'm at open mics and on the road stuff. I can't write at home. Mm-hmm. I just can't sit down and write things. Yeah. Uh, blog posts are the worst for me. Like when I do blog posts, I have to, I work better at my job yeah. on, in between things than I do trying to write anything from home. Yeah. The only place I've been able to get stuff done is now that I built this studio. Mm-hmm. This is my, my haven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Some people could do nice. that, that they can just sit in their, in their bed and work and write. Are you able to do that or do you have to get no. out? So my, so I built the sickest editing suite. Okay. I love my editing suite. So it's like, a really nice custom build PC and it's so powerful. And then I had like two 28 inch monitors and they're just like giant 4k. And then like I have, I have audio monitors too. Cause I do like audio engineering stuff also. And then like a bunch of other equipment and I have it at an L desk more, or more better or, or worse than my studio here. Like, do you look at this and go, Oh, this is cute. Because this is mostly spare parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This is literally shit I've had lying around for years. The mics and stuff are really nice. Um, yeah. But, but like, I put, like, a lot into it. Okay. Um, oh, I've put zero dollars into yeah, this. Yeah, no, this is great. This is great. No, this is really nice. Um, but I'm like, proud of it. Don't don't get me wrong. No, I'm no, okay no. with it. No, it is really nice. Um, but I have... I, have I still it. sound... I hear some condes- condescending no, attitude. No, no, no. No, no. It looks good. It's like fuck you. I mean, I've built all radio right. studios. This is just right, leftover right, shit. Right, okay. So, okay, so I got I got two 28 inch 4K monitors. These are monitors that we found in the closet. Okay, so <laughs> that one's gonna have to go to me. That's fine. Yeah, no, um, you put money into yours. I did. Yeah, yeah my audio monitors are also um, Christmas gift. Yeah. Christmas gift for my yeah, roommate. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know what you got going on under the hood there. Uh but um, roommate, the roommate who was a musician yeah. left this. Nice. <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we no, put a so, new solid state hard drive in it and I bought an external hard drive. for Yeah. It. Yeah. That's, that's um, all the, that's the work that's gone yeah, into yeah. it. So yeah, this so, table was sitting in, the, in, in an extra room. Yep. So I, I have a, I have a the nice air conditioner that we have, have a, over there. We found on the street. Yeah. So I got a bla- <laughs> I have a black glass L desk. Oh, so okay. it's like, it's like nice in the corner and then everything's set up and it's so sick and it's, I love the setup and I just can't work at it. I just mm. sit down and I just like, ah, I'm still in my room. And then I like can't do work there, so I ended up buying a new MacBook Pro because I was mm-hmm. like, I need to be able to be mobile. Um, so I still have this computer that I need to sell. If you want to buy it, <laughs> um, so yeah, I need to I need to sell this computer. So I'm getting rid of that because I need to have my MacBook. I need to be able to edit like anywhere. Yeah. Um. So when I was in California doing that video trip, I was editing like at the table in the RV while we're like on the highway. That was cool. Um, I edit in um, coffee shops a lot now. So all I need. Yeah, I've tried the coffee shop things. Like I'll show up to the coffee shop 
I'll get a tea. I'll get a cupcake or whatever. It's yeah. like, don't give me the Wi-Fi password. No matter how much I ask you for it, yep. I'll get distracted and look at Facebook yeah, the totally. entire time I'm here. Yeah, so I just, I don't know. And then, like, all I need to edit is, like, a pair of headphones, computer, and a mouse. Yeah. And, or, or if I have my project on an external hard drive, you get those little lacy ones. Yeah. Um, so I just do that. Oh, and, dude, but there's thumb drives now that are th- three terabytes and whatever. Well, like, that, who yeah. needs an external hard drive when you can, like, a three insane. terabyte thing the size of your finger that's insane yeah so i mean so i um yeah so i so i try to edit on the go because i do not work well in my room and i know that now and it sucks unless i sit down and just turn my wi-fi off then i can kind of do it but i don't know i love my room though i got a cool room is it your bedroom with the studio in it or is it a separate room no it's my bedroom but it's a huge bedroom it's like giant um oh yeah the the three bedrooms here are much bigger than yeah, this room. Yeah, I really, I really lucked out as far as like Alston goes. But um, yeah, I don't know. And then I got like a ton of instruments and stuff. So like, have I'll, you ever thought about taking the 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 stuff you have there and moving it to the fifty two, and edit where yeah, you guys practice? Yeah, kind of. Um, because that's my next step. Is one day I would love yeah. my podcast to make enough money I where I can afford to rent a space out of my house. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking of doing it. Um. I could. I probably should do that. Yeah, idea. give it a try. Worst case scenario, what do you do? You move everything I, back to your house. Because I have recording equipment also, um, like a recording interface that would be way more useful in Studio 52. So I don't know. Where are you guys recording the new record? Where did you record the new record? You said you guys were doing it all yourselves. Was Did you have an engineer do it or did you guys do it yeah. yourselves? Yeah, so my um, my roommate did it. He is he's an app developer. But he's also by hobby uh, an audio engineer, and he's so good. Like you, you take you take an, an actual engineer who does like apps. Mm-hmm. There's so much that goes into that. The kid's like a genius, and then you apply that to like recording and producing a punk album, and he just did like such a good job. Yeah, because he's laser line focus on it. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. It's so sick. Do you guys know when you're gonna release the the, the new album? Um, I'm trying. I I want to have it released by November first. Okay. I want to have it out for the Interrupters show. Um, however, I don't know if that's going to happen. I really have no idea when it's going to be out. Uh, what are we at? September 3rd? Yeah. I think Two it's months? doable. It's doable. It's doable. It's doable. It's going to take a lot of work and and a, 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 might take a rush order to yep. for the CD production. But Yeah. Um, but we also want to do vinyl. So that Ugh. vinyl, I know. Vinyl may come later on. Vinyl is uh, well. You can have the CD ready by the interrupt the show, and then do the CD release show with totally. the vinyl and stuff like that totally. after that. But. Um, the reason we want to do vinyl is literally because Tim Armstrong, the singer of Rancid, was like he watched our set and he was like, he was like "You guys are really awesome. It's about time something good came out of Boston." <laughs> now, you guys, you guys have a record, and I was like, "Uh," he's like, "Like vinyl." He was like. Uh, uh, no, I don't have, I don't have vinyl yet, but we're, we're going to be printing it. He's like, nice. As soon as you guys print your vinyl, you get that to me. I want that. I was like, really? What are you going to, what are you going to do with it? (laughs) So, um, he wants it and then hopefully it would be, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 vinyl looks good. Yeah, it's, but, it does sell well. It sells really well. Yeah, it, li- vinyl is a good collector's item. Yeah, um, 
Price it should is- come with a di- uh, if you're selling vinyl if you're selling a vi- your your record on vinyl and you're yeah. not giving a digital download with it. Oh yeah, yeah. You're no, wasting they, everyone's time. They, yeah, they all come with with download codes. Yeah, the ones that we'd be getting at least. So yeah, it's it's cool to have that big huge like my my roommate my old roommate back in Baltimore just bought re- just bought vinyl records because of the cases. Yeah, and he would pin them up on the walls and then he would buy the download code for it too. Yeah. But he, we never owned a turntable. Right. Like, he bought them specifically just to hang on the wall. So they looked cool and great. Yeah. And that's still a reason to do it. But now, ugh. But for listening to it as an audio format, I think it's over. I think the audio quality of vinyl, the warmth, is right. so overrated. Trust me, those same well, tube speakers and all that shit, hook it up to a CD player and it'll sound just as warm and cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess the whole idea is if it's recorded analog, then, like... There's no like bit rate. It's just like a smooth audio file. So that's like the argument. I couldn't give a shit. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't trust care. me. The, I don't even want the difference between something being recorded analog and digital is so if it's done if everything's done right is so minute. Yeah, the vast majority of people will never know this difference. The difference. Yeah, people like me will know the difference because I'm an audio nerd. Like I was audio say, is my like, business, but. Even I don't give a fuck about the difference. Yeah. Um. So my roommate, he like does so much like analog stuff, and because he, he has a um, he has like a studio in his room, and he's like he's like yeah, analog all the way. And he was like playing something in his room. I went and listened to him mixing. I was like, dude, this sounds really fucking good. Damn, dude, analog. Hmm. You, you've got a point here. This sounds really good. He's like, oh no, I did this digital. I was like, <laughs> oh god damn it. Well, there's uh, do you do you ever see Project Searchlight? No. Project Searchlight was a reality show created on HBO by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Oh um, yeah, they yeah, did multiple yeah. seasons of this. So I basically, they that. find a filmmaker to come make a film. And they do their yeah. Okay. This last that. season they did with it, uh, which is the first season they did in a long time. They the film the guy making the film was in a long standing argument with the production company and the producers about doing his movie on actual film and not digital. Oh, he wanted to do it on film. He's like, "Look, it's going to cost extra money. Yeah, it's going to be this." He's arguing with their DP, just like yeah, it's like in the pre- in the pre production of it. And it's like they went and brought three different people to show them how they can still get the same. He got the fi- show. Yeah, but he's look, arguing. Yeah, well, they they sh- they brought him to three different editors. The show was like, "You can make digital look just as good as film." Here's the proof. He's like, "No, I still want to do it on film," and it just became a hassle. And it's kind of that. That bullshit that 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 we believe that oh because it's older it's better or whatever. There's right. some things that are, right, it's but got there's the something that's sentimental. Not. Yeah, so uh, a turntable hooked up to to bad speakers still sounds like shit. Right. No matter yeah, yeah. what. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, all right. So with now that you're freelancing doing videography, but what's on the horizon for you? Like, what's your your so, goal plan with, with for the next couple months with it? Yeah. So do you have one? I need to have goal plans no. and I need to hear other people's plans right, too. Right. So right now I'm in the, I'm in the stage where I'm like, what do I want to do? I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. That'll just be awesome. Um, Cause what I come to find is if you, if you think of something really, really cool to do, you just make a plan and then you just do that. You know? <laughs> so, so, so I'm out of ideas. Oh, okay. Kind of bored with everything. Fair enough. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, where, where do I want to go for New Year's? I want to go away for a month, but everywhere's so boring. Already if you went away, <laughs> if you went away on a, on a holiday for a month, would you yeah. try to do video work wherever you're going? So, okay. So that, that's actually what I am looking into doing. Um, 
I don't like uh, know the, the fucking inline or whatever they're called. Uh, uh, the, the fuck it list. The fuck it list guys. The, yeah. Could you like if you I went could, to California? Can you go? Hey guys, I'm coming to California for a month. Can I do a couple projects for you for a couple extra bucks while I'm in town? Yeah. So the the way that we set things up is that I can literally go to them at, at any point and just shoot with them for a month or whenever. So I could do that. I could get. It must be nice that they have that money. Like, yeah, we're just going to pay somebody a month. Well, it's 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 they they work a lot. They work a lot. Um, I mean, there's a hustle to the whole YouTube thing. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I, I'm not. I don't dog YouTubers. Yep. Um, as a whole, like uh, Grace Helbig, she's a fucking amazing talent. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how they're doing for money yet. Um, but the channel's doing well. Yeah. And I know that like two million view. No, one million views is about two thousand dollars on YouTube. Um, oh, I didn't know there was an actual number. Oh, number yeah, it's, a, it's that about, about right. Okay. It's about that, and they post daily videos. So a million dollars equates about a thousand dollars in a YouTube partnership. A million views, two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. Okay, yeah. Ish. It's a good number to know. Ish, but eh. that, that can also change. Like the more people you have, it that goes up. So a million views will get three thousand um, dollars. So they, yeah, I don't know. So since they're doing daily videos, and they all get a lot of views. I think the channel is starting to make money, but I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so w- I kind of want to do another like bike tour. Um, I love traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, bicycle or a motorcycle? Bicycle, yeah. So I tell was, me about a bicycle tour because a motorcycle tour I oh, get. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've done a few bike tours. Um, Where I, you just tour the country on a bicycle? Yeah. Ugh. I love it. No, I, it sounds like a fun, but then I just think about my legs at the yeah, end of the yeah. day. I, so I used to be a pedicabber. Okay. Which is why the band is called Mickey Rickshaw. Because um, my right. name is Mike Rivkeys, and I didn't want to name a solo project after myself because that's very douchey. Um, <laughs> the, the Mike Rivkeys experience. So <laughs> so my buddy was like, yo, just do Mickey Rickshaw. And I was like, yeah, okay. And that was it. Literally nothing Did everyone in the band call themselves last name Rickshaw? Nah. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't think Shane Rickshaw, Jake Rickshaw. Because I think I saw something. Uh, Maybe don't you go by Mike Rickshaw? I, on my Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're gamer tags or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I've had plenty of bands that I know where they call themselves, you know, they do the Ramones thing. Of course, where yeah. it's like Johnny Ramone, Joey Ramone, or whatever yeah. their band's name have to, happen to be. And it's it's fun for a moment, and then at the same time, you're like, mm, kind of cheesy, but still kind of fun to still right, do right, it. Right, right, Yeah. You know, I, like the Sprint, where, where is it on here? Um do I still have a, the single? Yeah, the uh, this band Singleton, a friend, our friends of mine back in Baltimore. They're no longer together, but before they were Singletons, they were Springfield. So everybody in the band were were, were was last name Springfield. When two of the members, when the band, when the Springfields disbanded, and they formed Singleton. Everybody in the band were the Singletons. Right. So it yeah. happens. Um. I. Yeah. No, we don't really do the nickname thing. Like I know the Dropkicks. They like each one of their bagpipe player has a is a silly nickname. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Scruffy McGinnis. <laughs> so we don't do that. It's Bobby McTavish Lyer Smith. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We don't really do the nickname thing. But uh, I so I wanna go I wanna do a bike tour. Um, oh yeah, let's talk about it. Hey, so new I don't know. I, I love going away for New Year's. I went to Ireland last year for like six days and just like visit friends and family. I just love it over there. But um are you, there's your bike tours across America. Like, what do you camp out? Do you stay at yeah. hotels? Yeah, so you camp. Um, you throw a tent, a sleeping bag, and like you have two panniers, which are the bags on the bike. Okay. Um, you have like some equipment in there. In there. 
And you just ride all day until you find a camp spot and you just camp there. Um, so do you I, do these by yourselves? So I did by the fir- yourselves. By no, yourself? Um, no. So so I did the first one when I was in California um, when I was twenty. Um, my my best friend and I um, flew out to San Francisco and rode rode bikes to San Diego, and it took like twelve days. And we didn't know at all what we were doing. Um, we actually, I as a joke, I told my mom that I was sleeping at his house. He told his mom that he was sleeping at my house. Classic. Because that's funny. That's like from movies. And she was like, why are you telling me this? I don't care that you're sleeping there. So then um, the next day I texted her a picture of me at the Golden Gate Bridge with a bike. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, so that was the first bike tour. And hey, I loved your, it. Green, your chroma keying ability is going really good, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then um, uh, maybe two years ago, my girlfriend at the time and I um, – Flew out to Portugal and rode a bike down the coast um, for two weeks, shooting an ad for a bike company. Um, and I kind of want to do something like that again. I want to go to Italy and like do a good portion of the country by bike, so I can also speak Italian again because I miss that. <laughs> speak your dirty, your dirty Southern Italian. Yeah, again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. But I have all the freedom in the world, so it's great. No, no, that's a great place to be right now, especially when you're a, a, an artist. Right, because I'm like, I'm like, all right, so right now I'm not working a desk job. So now is the time where I can go out, yeah. and do anything. So like, I don't know. Do I go to like Thailand and Vietnam for like three months or something? Like, I, I have no idea. So I might do something wacky like that. Well, doesn't that. the band kind of hold you down from doing things like that? It's like we got band commitments. Yeah. Um, we got shows that we have booked. Yeah, so right now we don't really have many shows booked. Um, Do you ever try buskering while nah. you're out in those tours? Um, not really. I feel so. I feel like awkward. there's a there, I feel like there's a, there's a, a fun to, a fun thing to that. Like yeah. as long as you're not relying on, it, it's like fuck it. Yeah. I'm gonna just start playing no, on totally. the street corner and put a hat down. Totally. Um, busking is so awkward. People look down at you. I don't know. I mean, I know how I look at buskers when I walk past, but I feel like like do you really feel that bad when somebody walks past and doesn't pay attention to you? Yeah. Really? Okay. Fuck that guy. Because most musicians, I don't think, get that. No. Um, like, as a comedian, when we do an open mic, it needs to be an interaction and the audience isn't paying attention. It's soul crushing. Yeah. But if you're a musician at a show, we're trained as people that when the music stops, we applaud. So you don't realize that people are not disconnected, that they're disconnected. They just happen to be applauding because yeah. that's what we do. Busking's weird because um, people generally don't stand and watch unless unless you're like loud and have like a really good thing going. Um Usually people, if they're going to give you money, they see you from like, I don't know, 40 yards away. They go in their pocket and get change and like walk by and like drop the change in really respectfully, but like not trying to like look cool doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a really weird thing. We're just like, here. Um, <laughs> it's almost it's pity change. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's really weird. It's like, it's like, oh, well, I, I appreciate music also. So that's cool that you're busking. But meanwhile, they didn't take their headphones off. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? So <laughs> I, they haven't I, taken their earbuds out, but they'll, they'll like... I know what you're going through. Yeah, yeah. Busking is weird. I don't really do it. Um, I do it. I've done it in Harvard Square with like, I play an acoustic. Our fiddle player plays, and our tin whistle player. Yeah. So there we have like an actual thing, and I have a foot tambourine. So we've got like a kind of full band sound. So like a lot of people like. Yeah, see stand that, around and watch that's, that. That's I mean, fun. As a comedian, but. I would love to have that in that situation, but it do, it just doesn't translate well. Like I've been joking since I moved here about starting a comedy show at the T. In the yeah. tea station, call yeah. it comma tea. 
uh-huh. uh, and just have a different comedians come up and do try yeah. to do, but it's never logistically ever going to work. Yeah. Cause it, it takes a lot more concentration and it, nobody yells at a musician when they're playing a song. Right. Meanwhile, you tell jokes, people will yell at you. Oh yeah. Like there's so many comedy Dude, shows where I somebody so walks much... into a place and they just start yelling because they're like, Oh, a comedian's on stage. Let me yell at you. Funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now do you have a go-to when you say you're a comedian? Oh, tell me a joke. Uh, yeah, I tell I my uh, the I used to tell people is like, uh, see, comedians the only thing, the only job, the only profession where people ask you to perform off duty. Like nobody has ever met an accountant, thrown money at them, go here, count this. Right now, I just tell people is like, if you're gonna pay, you have to pay. I, I'm off duty. You don't work off the clock, so don't yeah. ask me to. Yeah, that's the thing I tell now uh, people now. Have everybody when yeah. you're a musician, they're like at a party. It was like, oh, you're a musician. Here's the guitar. You ever had you that? Just- yeah, and I I do the same thing every time. <laughs> I sing Italian opera. <laughs> I do because you know the Italian now. They don't expect it. They're like, oh, the, the guitar. I love it. Quando sono solo, sogno l'orizzonte manca le parole. What the f- what every the- time, <laughs> every time. That's beautiful. I it's like the it. funniest thing. Like, <laughs> like, why do you know that? Like, I speak Italian. Duh. Like, why do you speak Italian? Like. I lived in Italy. It's a good conversation starter. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a, it's a whole thing. All right. Well, if people want to check out the band, we're going to, uh, can yeah. I, ta- can I tack a song on to the end of this podcast? Yeah, definitely. All right. So we'll tack a song on it. We'll figure it out later. What song it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is my, my bad intro to the song, but if they want to check out the band, they can do it. Uh, Mickey Rickshaw dot bandcamp dot com. Yep. Or uh facebook.com slash Mickey Rickshaw. So, and if you're in the New England area, November 1st, Brighton Music Hall, which is literally a mile, less than a mile down the street from the studio here, yep. uh, you can check them out with the interrupters and mm-hmm. the backup, 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 doped up dollies. Yes, and they are fantastic. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, if you have not seen the doped up dollies, uh, it's different stuff. Like if, if whatever you're into, doped up dollies are different. Yeah, uh, they're it's like fun. a, a doo woppy all female group, fifties style fun Betty Boop. Pin Betty up, Page, pinup pin style pin stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, they're cool. They are fun. Dance, uh, so dance yeah, if you're in that. the New England area, November 1st, maybe we'll have an unofficial So we're, What Do You Really Do podcast meet up in there. That's not going to happen. Also, um, <laughs> yeah, so also for that show, November 1st, if you're in the area, uh, if you hit my drummer in the face or head with a beer bottle, <laughs> you'll, you'll, get a, you'll get a free shirt. They <laughs> will give you a free and, shirt. And probably a foot massage. I don't know. <laughs> hit him in the face, right? <laughs> Right in his mouth-breathing face. Don't hit any other drummers in the face. Just nope. Mickey Rickshaw's drummer. Right. His name is Crisco. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thanks for coming in. All right. Thanks, thanks a lot. for being the one that showed up. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's new music from the band Mickey Rickshaw. It's Nonprofit Warfare. And so, what do you really do? Can you smell the gasoline? Aleppo City's burning. Nobody's learning from a bloody history. Can you hear the screams of a fleeting generation across a bleeding nation? 200,000 sleep. Hush, little sorrow, don't close your eyes tonight. We've got two crops before the morning light. Border guards may chase us, prisoners they'll make us. The Western world can sleep without a care. It's non-profit warfare.
You have it, my podcast with Mike Ripkeys from the band Mickey Rickshaw and their brand new song Nonprofit Warfare. Again, if you like them, go check them out. Bandcamp, uh, sorry, MickeyRickshawBandcamp.com. Uh, that Bandcamp logo or, or addressing gets <laughs> very confusing at times. Anyway, like I said, this was a super interesting podcast. I think that we learned a lot about him uh, that I would not have known going in. Uh, I didn't know about this stuff going in because we're mostly strangers. We met once. We've texted back a few times about scheduling stuff, but we've never actually sat down and had a conversation. Um, and I, I like that. I like learning things on the fly. You know, we did trash Berkeley a little bit, uh, especially since after having the Dirty Dotties on her all, like basically almost all graduates of Berkeley. We, you know, balancing the scale, we're f- scales. We're fair and balanced here on So Really, What Do You Really Do? The podcast. Um, anyway. I hope you enjoyed all that. Thank you again for listening, downloading. And if you have left a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, I uh, appreciate somebody just left a brand new comment on one of them on Stitcher the other day. So if you're at Stitcher listener, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, if you have not left a, uh, a podcast review on iTunes or Stitcher, please do so. Uh, I know it's a lot to ask, but if you could just do that, take a few seconds out of your day and just give it a five-star review if you believe it deserves five stars and leave a review because it does help people learn more about the artists that we have on here. It, it spreads it out. Uh, I've said that at the end of every podcast pretty much, but I'm going to keep saying it because damn it. I need people to do that. I want to keep sharing this stuff with them. So anyway, thank you guys so much for, for listening. 
and for tweeting about it. Uh, a lot of people have just found out about the podcast recently through uh, my good friend Amy Rose Ranger. She uh, was here after uh, you know, I was showing off my studio. Uh, Emily Roskowski, a local comedian here in Boston, just recorded her CD. So look out for that. I'm going to have Emily on here soon. Uh, probably when I do medical month because she works in the mental health field. Uh, Thing. She's not a doctor or anything like that, but I'm going to have, I don't know. I keep talking about all these. I have all these dreams for different show months and, uh, I need to get my ass in gear and do it. So I will, I promise. Anyway, uh, we had a little after party here in, in the yard because as you know, I enjoy my backyard. Uh, I make it very nice. So we had the little after party here and I showed off the studio to, uh, Rob Crean and Amy Rose Ranger who are two local Boston comedians who are also actors and they do the freedom trail stuff. And they're just great people. So I showed off my studio to them that I'm very proud of. And Amy took a picture and posted it. And was like, hey, look, here's Dennis in his element at the podcast studio. And now a bunch of people are like, so wait, you have a podcast? What is it? And then I have to like curl out of my insecurity ball and tell them, well, it's here. You, you can find it. Thanks for not listening to any of my posts about I don't post enough about this. And I should. Uh, I am proud of what I'm doing. Just weird being self-promoting. I don't know. I guess it's easier. It should I should just take a sound that I'm not promoting myself. I'm promoting my guests. Um, so, oh, by the way, I just actually got to hang out with uh, the Dirty Dotties the other day. Uh, they did. Uh, if you listen to the podcast with the Dirty Dotties, they were doing a Thursday night booze cruise through the harbor all summer long. Uh, and I made sure that I went on the last one to hang out with them again. It was a great time. The boat did break down trying the dock. So we were kind of stranded in the middle of the harbor for a little bit. Uh, and then I came back Saturday, saw their her other band, World Gone Crazy, the comedy parody band. And that was a fun time as well. I uh, got to bring my uh, buddy Damian Burke, get him out of his house. Uh, my comedian friend Damian Burke got to hang out with him, got... I'd say we did catching up, but it was mostly me complaining about a lot of things to him, which is mostly whatever my conversation is with people is me complaining about something. <laughs> so anyway, it's been a good couple of days. Got two podcasts out of the way this Labor Day weekend. Got to hang out, go on two cruises, hang out with two different bands. Got to bring in somebody on the podcast that I didn't get to bring in. So like I said, if you want to come see them in the New England area, November 1st at Brighton Music Hall, you heard it on the podcast, you're going to hear it again. They're going to play with the Interrupters and Bad Cop, Bad Cop, and I think it's going to be a great show because there's a lot of great bands on So if you want to go to that show, uh, I'm going to be there. Feel free to tweet me. Maybe we'll, we'll meet up on the way to or from there or something like that. And uh, September the 17th? Yeah, September 17th, Saturday, September 17th, if you're in New England area. Former guest on the podcast, Chris Eller, his other band, The Huntingtons, are going to be playing at Koto in Salem. Again, another show I'm going to go to. So if you enjoy the Ramones, or if you just enjoy hanging out, or if you enjoy good sushi, because I hear that place has great sushi, uh, go ahead and meet us up there, 8 o'clock, Koto, Salem. I'm going to be there. If you're going to be there, if you want to head out to there or do something like that, uh, hit me up on the Twitters, at Dead Air Dennis. I'm actually going to be dog-sitting for my buddy Phil that day. And then uh, I'm going to be hanging out with a, a cute, adorable, goddamn cute, adorable, snuggly beagle. Uh, and that's going to be... So I'm going to be in a joyous mood. I'm going to get to hang out with a friend, see some awesome bands, and I get to hang out with a dog all day before I go. So I'm going to be in a great mood. If you want to see Dead or Dennis in a great mood, that is the time to go do it. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening. Take care. Sick